passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Poison Rana. First time in a long time, but back like I never left. Taking these things as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead. Watch me burn down everything, BDE on a TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Braden Harrington here with Davey Portman for Up Next, postwrestling.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we are live. We are live on youtube.com slash postwrestling. Hello, postmarks. Hello, postmarks. Hello, Up Nexperts. Hello, Poison Pals. And hello... Friends. 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 Yes, we are your NXT friends, and what a time to be NXT friends because we are here to chat all about NXT Battleground. Battleground, yeah. Uh, a whole lot of stuff going on this weekend uh, in just everything, really. So much wrestling going on. You had finales of TV shows going on, no spoilers. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we had two big shows, NXT Battleground, head-to-head with AEW Double or Nothing. Yeah, that's right. Not only that, we had Night of Champions the day we before. We had Night of Champions as well. Over yeah. in Jeddah. Man, things are going crazy this weekend. It's And it's just a nice weekend of nice weather. It's beautiful, yeah. It's the perfect weekend to be stuck inside watching, watching wrestling stuff. and talking about it yeah, all day. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful here right now. Uh, so, hey, w- welcome. Uh, we are going to chat all about some NXT Battleground. And then after that, stick around because we're going to hang out and talk a bit about some Double or Nothing and some Night of Champions is a little extra. Uh, we do a show called Poison Rana over on our feed. Go hit subscribe. Go fi- find us. And we thought, well, we didn't do one yesterday because of all the wrestling going on Sunday night. So we're going to talk a little bit about all the stuff going on here so uh yeah we talk a lot about more other stuff than nxt as well so uh maybe if you're just listening to this on the post feed go find us uh, wherever you find your podcast because shot in the dark Sino doing lots of other wrestling chat every week uh, i know he's got a what up do coming out uh, as well on our feed and then uh, i know Sino does a lot of like the reports and and stuff over at postwrestling.com too so lots of coverage yeah, he's got a written report of uh, nxt battleground up yeah post wrestling right now he was the one of the people who chose to watch nxt over aw maybe maybe made the right choice i don't know yeah is this where i have to apologize for <laughs> for scoffing and ridiculing and and 
laughing at Shawn Michaels for for picking such a date, even though he said he didn't. He it wasn't. My, don't shoot the messenger, as yeah. he said. I didn't pick the date. Uh, did we make the right choice last night? It'll all be told later mm. tonight. But yeah, sorry, Sean. I, I, I laughed at you. I mocked you. I can't, I, I honestly don't believe, uh, Shawn Michaels is looking up <laughs> venues in, in Massachusetts lol. and going like, lol, on this weekend. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think it's probably people, other people that do that. I, I didn't get, yeah, I, I just, it's funny. It's like, oh, we're going to go head to head and it's the Sunday night wars mm. as it was. But yeah, lots and lots of wrestling. Uh, to talk about. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get right into it. Um, I guess and talk about some NXT battleground from last night. Uh, if you're in the YouTube chat, say what up. Uh, we will be going live again with a new up next tomorrow night for NXT with the weaponized steel cage match. Mm. So don't forget, we're always going live on our YouTube after, uh, NXT every Tuesday night, but we go to NXT battleground 2023 from yes, lol. Lowell, Lowell, Massachusetts. Did I say it right? I still can't. I'm sorry. It's a thing. It's a thing. Uh, From the Song... What is this? The Songa Center? I believe so. Yeah. Cool. Well, we are kicking things off here with our opening match, which was... uh, Well, we got this cool intro video, actually. If you saw this week, Carmelo Hayes kind of getting a... Like hometown mm. heroes welcome here going to the Boston Celtics game. Uh, actually, I know that the, the game on the night before was oh, like was crazy. Insane. So yeah. it, pretty cool that they're, they're here tonight. Uh, to, City's to do buzzing this. right now, I imagine. Yeah. All the Celtics jersey. Was it someone was saying it was like a 0.00 something second left and, and the, the yeah, ball went in it the was net like or something? Right the last pretty crazy millisecond. Yeah. Uh, there's our sports talk for the evening, but we start off. NXT Battleground with a championship match, and it is the North American Championship in a triple threat match. The champion Wesley defending against Creepy Joe Gacy and Tyler Bate. The story going into this match is that Wes, uh, for months, has just been like, I'll fight anyone and lets anyone challenge except people who are nice. Except my friends, except Axiom and Tyler Bate. Except people who are actually nice to him, and he's like, ah, I don't give you opportunities. And that's just, that's just how it's been. And so Tyler Bate and his, him have become what? Stoner buddies, it seems, on Tuesday nights. Meditating, yeah. Yeah, sure. And then Joe is like, hey, I want a title shot, and somehow gets one. But then Tyler Bate reveals, hey, actually, uh, if, if you're giving that guy a title shot, could you give me one? Mm. And Wes lost it. It's like he. You're he, dead to me. It's like Tyler. he hooked up with this girl or something. Yeah. He's like, what did you say? You, you want a shot? Wow. You stabbed me in the back, bro. Yeah, I think this has probably been the, the weakest story going into, uh, into this PLE. Um, I, they keep on selling on commentary how Joe Gacy is a master manipulator in doing this. I'm like, I don't really know if he is. What did he do? Because <laughs> he, he basically changed a singles match to a triple threat match, which puts him at a disadvantage. Also, his, his uh, master manipulation was going, hey, Wes, I think Tyler wants to go for your title as well. And then Tyler went, that was it. Yeah, actually, yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> that was it. So I, I thought the story going into this was very, uh, very weak. Um, however, you see the talent involved and you just see this, this run Wes Lee has been on. Uh, he's kind of been the, the Orange Cassidy of NXT right now with this, this open challenge and just fighting everyone and consistently putting on 
great matches. So although it wasn't too high on this story, uh, I was pretty pumped to see these three go at it. Yeah, we knew that these three would deliver, and, and they definitely did. So uh, out comes uh, Tyler Bate making his entrance. Joe Gacy with Ava Rain, Young Rock with the creepy purge masks on. Uh, still love Love is Blind, Joe Gacy's theme. One of the best themes going. Uh, Gacy toys with them early on and kind of says, like, you guys should fight. And then uh, Wes and Bate aren't necessarily trying to fight each other just off the top there. Uh, Joe hits a tope to both of them here. And then in the ring goes after Wes. He hits a scoop slam into, like, a brain buster, almost like the snowplow mm. here. Joe Gacy, very similar. The creepiness of, I guess, Al Snow. Uh, there's, like, spots where all three of them are going for, like, continuous pinning attempts and like German suplexes into sunset flips and pretty cool back and forth. Uh, Tyler Bate gets both of them in a big swing and a fireman carry swing like, at the same time, the spin out thing. Pretty impressive. He didn't get like Claudio or Cesaro levels. I, of- I don't know how much it would actually do to the person. Cause you're very slowly yeah. spinning around here. The strength is impressive, yeah. but yeah. I don't know how effective. Uh, Somehow both guys get up again, and it's Tyler who launches Wes into Gacy, who catches him and powerbombs him to the mat, and then picks him up again, Brock Lesnar style, and powerbombs him into Tyler Bate, who's standing. Joe Gacy, I will say, like has gotten in way better shape than Mm. how we kind of first saw him show up here in NXT, like hitting like lift-up, deadlift powerbombs and stuff like that. And I mean, he's, he's... He's wearing uh, trunks here and and no top as he usually wears his waiter shirt. And he wasn't. Yeah, he's been out of that for since they changed like GYV's gear as well. Like since Ava, really. Uh, Gacy's on a roll here. Hits both of them with this like DDT Uranagi combo. Trying to get pinfalls here. He goes for the upside down and Tyler goes for like the... His the cardiac uh, kick, yeah, like the Tyler Bate does his clothesline that's very similar to the upside down. Mm. So they hit the like combo here as Wes is doing the double cardiac kick. It was pretty cool. Uh, there's then Wes hitting the spiral tap to break up near falls. There's a huge dive from Wes to the outside onto Tyler Bate as he gets back in the ring. He's hit with a urinagi from Gacy, but he kicks out of that as Gacy goes for the upside down. Wes counters that into the cardiac kick. And retains the title in just under 12 minutes at like 11.59 here. Bates on the outside reluctantly clapping. He's like, oh, <sighs> man, you did My it. friend. You did it. But he didn't pin me. No. That's what he's secretly thinking. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of hope we, we continue. Uh, I hope we maybe get an angle this Tuesday tomorrow yeah. uh, with Tyler maybe turning on Wes to continue that. Uh, I thought it was a, a pretty good match. Hot opener here. Um, I... Uh, I, I like how we've kind of seen triple threat matches evolve. If you watch them like from like mid nineties, when they kind of started doing them a lot more, you could tell like the guys didn't really know how to work them. And then you moved on to like the period of, okay, the formula is one person gets taken out there on the outside. The other two go at it and you kind of rotate around what you've been seeing in like the last year or so is these matches where all three guys are going at it at the same time. Right. We saw it with the the four-way at Double or Nothing yesterday, and it allows for some really... Because uh, I think people can do cooler moves and transitions now. It makes for some really fun spots. And I think especially, as you mentioned, like the uh, the rebound lariat from Bait as the upside down's going on with the cardiac kick and stuff like that. It was really fun. And I thought the the finish was, uh, was really strong as well. Um, but yeah, good opener. Could have done with a better story going into it. Um, and I think a singles match would have been more interesting than this. But I, I thought the, the guys worked hard and it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, you're saying like where they're coming up with all the things. Like 
Joe Gacy's move is similar to the Tyler Bate move. So exactly. they, you know, I'm not a wrestler. I've never stepped in, in the ring, but I imagine part of the fun of coming up with things like that is, okay, well, your move is kind of similar to mine. And then Wes comes in doing his, you know, rebound rope spot. Yeah. It's like coming up with things that connect in like, you know, like exactly. anyone, anyone can do the moves, but to come up with sequences and stuff is definitely part of what makes things so, so exciting and, and watching new things unfold. So I, I did think the chemistry between the three, Joe Gacy is someone like I really hated about a mm. year or, so, or plus ago. And he's someone who just really stepped up. I'm, I've like was a little familiar with his work uh, before WWE. And I thought like, Hey, this guy's got some, some promise, but now like the wrestling is connecting and, uh, I don't know. I, I could see good things for him going forward. He, he's taken the ball and run with it. I, so I you could gotta... certainly see him having a North American title reign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I think you'll probably be telling a similar story with Wes as you're telling with Orange, where over these matches, he's gradually going to start breaking down, sure. putting these defenses on all the time. And it could lead to someone like a Joe Gacy taking the advantage. Well, yeah, look at me being creepy Joe Gacy's fan here. But I... I... Would like to see him uh, go down, and, and him and Ava Rain, like the, that whole group. I'm not sure, but like I, I really like this match. No, uh, we saw quite a bit of Ava on the show today, but no Diane. Yeah, which was interesting. True. Yeah, we get a video for Tiffany Stratton hyping up her match later tonight for the NXT Women's Championship. We're kind of hearing her uh, commentary on her like the the. The tournament for the women's title here and kind of explaining how she's beaten all these people clean, I might add, and how she's it's it's her time tonight. Tiffy time. We see Braun Breaker showing up all black and his chain hanging. Black shades. Black shades. Uh looking real mean. Mello, also wearing black, shows up with Trick and uh we see the voice of the Boston Celtics, Sean Grand, they say, here in the and uh I guess that Mello was at the games all this week as well uh, over there in Boston. Wanting some luck, I guess. Yeah. We then get a video for the, the, the British Wrestling Heritage Cup. The rules of all the rounds matches and, and the history of the, the short rounds wrestling. So if you're a fan of NXT UK, or maybe you weren't, but hey, go on the network and check some of them out. Uh, Noam Dar has had a few of those matches over there. Uh, and this is the first time the cup will be defended on North American grounds. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we, we do a show called Was Next, and I know I referenced this like a week or so ago, but we've been going back in old NXT and William Regal in 2013, 2014 is on commentary. And a few weeks ago, he was, a few shows ago when we were watching, he was explaining like the history of the rounds matches and how he would wrestle at the fairgrounds. And this would be the, the norm kind of thing. It would be like you'd watch World of Sport back in the day. And yeah. Everything was rounds. It was, I, I guess if you're getting into wrestling and seeing it the first time, boxing was a lot more popular right. back then. So I think it was something, it definitely makes it feel more sports-based. Just you, you put on TV and you see a scoreboard and a timer automatically gives you that kind of sports feel. Yeah. And I certainly think back in the day where, you know, everything was kayfabe and people did believe this was real, seeing these rounds matches makes it feel like a legit sport. Yeah, it's a bit different. I'm not too huge. I'm, I'm more of a fan of this than the like ROH, what is it? Pure, the pure. It gets a little too muddy for me. But like here, it's just, well, it's shorter wrestling matches. And, yeah. if you, and then if you get a point, you get a point. That's not that. Two out three fools over yeah. six rounds of three. Yeah, it's not that hard to kind of understand. Well, Dragon Lee is the challenger going up against Noam Dar, who is the defending cup champion here. 
Uh, this is, like I said, the first offense in America. And we have Nathan Frazier being in the corner of Dragon Lee. And no one in the corner of Noam Dar mm. at first. No one's there. But that might change. So there's three-minute rounds. And we start off with round one here. We have Dar being very slow and methodical. He keeps trying to go for different submissions. We saw him on NXT this week, and I thought he was a completely different wrestler from oh, yeah. like the last time I watched him, being very submission-based and technical, almost MMA-influenced or something, kind of strange, even though he's got Pippi Longstocking's hair. I mean, the braids are kind of <laughs> it's different MMA, aren't they? Yeah, tie their yeah I guess. Yeah, true, yeah, true. Uh, so this the first round here is kind of very slow and like submission. Uh, it, it, it ends with... Lee hitting this like jumping baseball kick, sending him to the outside as they like go to their corners now. And out comes Aura Mensa, who we saw Noam Dar like talk to briefly on Tuesday night last mm. week, being like, Hey, can you be in my corner? And he was like, Nah, mate, sorry, even though they have some history. But Aura Mensa's kind of had a change of heart here. And he's like, Hey, you know what? I'll help you out here. I'll help you out. So he's, he's trying to help him out. I did find this. A bit silly having it after the first round because they've gone three minutes and it's been mainly kind of slow submission base. Yeah. And they're trying to sell that Noam Dar is just exhausted in the corner. He's so tired. We saw him go like 15 <laughs> on... with Fraser on Tuesday. Yeah. Like it's, it's very much, you know, like when you're seeing those like, uh, elimination Survivor Series matches where people are getting pinned in 90 seconds from like a, a snapmare yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It yeah. felt a bit like that where, all right. Maybe you could have built up to that moment where Oromensa does come out where he actually needs a cornerman. So he's like, hey, I've got you some water. I'm here for you. It's like Rocky with the, you know, almost like the spit buckets and... and stuff. Yeah. So round two starts off and we get a running Rana from Dragon Lee and then like a Jeff Hardy style dropkick in the corner. He's just putting the boots to Noam, Noam Dar here. Uh, there's like roll up attempts and a swinging rolling elbow. Uh, and like crazy roll up attempts, uh, from Nar, from Dar, sorry, but still can't get, uh, Dragon Lee down here. And, uh, sorry, I think he does eventually roll him up with this almost like the Last Supper that Darby does. He had like, like had his tight, yeah, tight. He had, like had him up. Yeah. So Dar, like, gets the first fall right as this, uh, th- this ends the round, right? Round two. Yeah. The round automatically ends. Yeah. So now it is one nothing for Noam Dar here. Uh, even though he's happy, when Mensa gives him water, he's like, ah, I-, I thought he said that's not water, or I don't know if he like wanted it cold or something. I couldn't tell right. what he was arguing about the water, but he was like being a heel, essentially. When round, actually, Booker T also was going off. Shout out Booker T, who I thought was actually really good tonight with Vic Joseph. Um, Booker was like, Vic, don't you know what a supernova is? Clearly, Booker just did what I did and Googled the supernova definition because Booker was like, you don't know this guy. He's a, he's a, a catastrophic explosion that ejects most of its ma-. He's just like reading off the thing like supernova. He, he, he's a big fan and says that, uh, Noam Dar might be in the, the new Fave five or the Fab five. Uh, round three starts off. Dar is working the knee and keeps trying to get a submission victory. Uh, there's super kicks from Dragon Lee and then a crazy, Jumping over the ropes, Rana sending Dar to like the floor. Very impressive. And then hits a tope. Uh, I love in these rounds matches, you hear the, the clapper for the 10 second like countdown here. Isn't that kind of like in, in, in UFC and boxing and stuff like that? Uh, real sports. So this kind of ends, but after the bell, we get the swinging elbow from Dar and the ref is like, whoa. And he's like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know it was over. Didn't hear it. Yeah. Which, which I, you know, clearly he's lying. He's a bad guy here. 
Uh, well, it's it's fun. Something like this, you need to find ways to like cheat a bit differently. And I I think using getting the advantage, getting a blow in after the bell goes, is is a good way of doing it. Well, uh, the match now continues, even though Dragon Lee got like beat up after the bell. Uh, he attacks Lee again and tries to keep pinning him. We get the back suplex into the arm bar, the like the Mighty Mouse special. Uh, Lee comes back though and gets a Texas Cloverleaf on Noam, which was pretty cool. Uh, eventually Mensa attacks Nathan Frazier, really revealing his colors here. Uh, but Lee uses the distraction and hits this crazy tornado reverse DDT, very, uh, Matt Seidel-esque mm-hmm. here for a, a one, one now as it's tied. And everyone's kind of brawling here as we now go into round five. And Lee goes for like more Rana's and, and trying to get each near fall, but, uh, He's like beating the hell out of Noam Dar in round five. There's a, a sick, like, last ride sit out powerbomb, but somehow Noam Dar kicks out of that. And when Mensa's making a distraction, things are going crazy. Out comes Jakara Jackson, Miss Jackson. And when she's distracting the referee, Lash Legends, sorry, Lash Legend grabs the, what, the spit bucket, yeah. hits Lee across the back when the ref isn't looking. We get the Nova Rolla, the running like PK to the face. Noam Dar pins Dragon Lee and retains the Heritage Cup in 11 minutes, 51 seconds as he celebrates with his, what, the pinky posse, the pinky party with Mensa, Miss Jackson, and Lash Legend. And uh, I hate to say I told you so, but I think I said this was what was going to happen on last week. Yeah, and and I like it going yeah. forward. I think a load of big personalities there, and I think it's going to help someone like Oro Mensa, who has had a really stale debut, I think, uh, in in the last, what, six months he's been in NXT. Um, Lash Legend needs a lot of work in the ring, but uh, is a good talker, and I think she will bounce off Noam Dar in like quite a fun way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so happy with the kind of debut of this new faction, I guess. Uh, I thought the match was good. I thought there were some really nice stuff in here. I liked a lot of Noam's counters. Like there was a point where Dragon was going for like an Enziguri and he counted it midair into like yeah, a mid-air Dragon yeah. screw right into the ankle lock. I think it's all those sort of things were really nice. But I kind of would have liked them to have worked the the rounds a little bit more effectively because I felt the style that they were going for, it made whenever there was a... The bell goes, it kind of just put a break in the action. And I think maybe going for more of a submission-based match would have worked better for this style. There weren't really the the teases of, is someone going to tap with, but the clap has gone and it's they can just hold on, right, but right. now their arm is kind of fucked for the next round. I thought they could have worked the rounds a little better. And I think with these two, I'd have preferred it maybe without this stipulation. Uh, but I do like that they're doing this. You can't have every match just be the same thing. And I'd I'd rather them you know, go outside the box and do something like a rounds match than just another hardcore match, no DQ, stuff like that. But um, would have preferred just a standard, I think, with these two. I prefer, I still prefer a regular match, even a two out of three falls. But I get that they're trying to make something a bit different with these things. So, like, I I, I definitely got into it. So, it's. I remember we did the, the, the podcast covering the best of NXT UK, and one of the Dar rounds matches was on it. And we... We're both pretty high on it. I would put this in the same ranking. Like, hey, it was pretty fun. But it just makes me go, hey, what if you just fought in a match? Like, I know they're all heels, but I feel like 
like a Gulak and Dempsey make way more sense in this division than they'll get. Yeah, they'll get there. Dragon Lee and Nathan Fraser, who are a bit more spectacular and would be better maybe in the North American division. Yeah, maybe he'll he'll get back out of that and go the other way around. But yeah, Noam Dar definitely playing up a good heel. I'm so happy that he's teamed with these people and instantly gave them something to do. What are they going to be called? I mean, they joked and called it the Pinky Party because he used to do the thing with his pinky back in the day, right? But uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Just the Supernovas? Supernova. He calls himself now the Supernova 11, because I guess Champagne Supernova was a little too close to uh, Noam. The yeah, other, he was the, the other Scottish, Noam. Scottish Supernova. Right, he? okay. Uh, Supernova 11. Supernova Is that a football thing? He, he calls himself that and wears 11 on his jersey, and his Titantron has 11. Yeah. Ever since coming to NXT yeah, yeah. North America. But yeah, what would you call this group? I'm just so happy. Like, he's he, he was... As soon as I, I joked, like, hey, you know, we don't have Alicia Fox anymore... Alicia Fox, and now out in comes his new group of friends, and I'm I'm loving that. Uh, Chris Leone in the chat right now says Noam Dar's got that riz. Mm. Yeah, he does with those braids, baby. Chris Elliott pointing out as well. Dragon Lee was very lucky with that second runner he did on the oh floor, which yeah, was kind of countered he, into a power bomb. He, he countered him, yeah. He, he like apron bombed him, yeah. Noam Dar coming out of nowhere is just like. I mean, he's standing out instantly since uh, wrestling again on NXT TV and this show. Very, very fun match. Apparently, the original Pinky Party was Dar, Shaw Samuels, and Grado in ICW. Oh, okay. Well, could he steal the name and just call yeah, that? Fuck <laughs> no, they booted him off the network, didn't they? They don't. They're not giving him anything anymore. Ah, uh, I love a these. year ago, maybe. Yeah, we're just get Session Moth in yeah. there. Well, we already got Gallus in <laughs> NXT. We're we're good. Yeah. Uh, let us know. What would you call Supernova? I'm sure they'll have a name by Tuesday, mm. so can't wait. We get a commercial for Money in the Bank. Have, you didn't see this, but it's James Bond. It's oh. as if like all the superstars are grabbing the money. What do well, you? Well, it's at the it's at the very arena that Pierce Brosnan rolled down. Whoa! What movie is that? World is not enough. Yeah, right. It's the opening credits. Whoa! That's yeah. crazy. Oh, wow. Uh, we get a commercial also for JC Jane and Gigi, the weaponized steel cage match this Tuesday night. But we go to another match that is very dangerous and weaponized. A last man standing match. Ilya Dragunov versus Dijak. Mm. So if you've been following this story, uh, it's been not great. <laughs> it's been very erotic. The, the promo for it, you can understand what I'm saying. Torture porn. So yeah, Dijak feels like he can break any man, any man's will he can crush. Uh, but Dragonoff cannot be broken. Yeah. So he even took him to his torture dungeon his and chamber. tried to torture him, and he couldn't. He didn't break him there. So yeah. he's like, you know where I can break him in lol. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the 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 week where he had him in like against the chains with the dark video was very. Very strange. It would, of course, of course, that would be the segment of wrestling you were watching when a family member entered the room and went, what are you watching there? It was more uh, Casino Royale, Daniel Craig, James Bond, yeah. rather than cheesy Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we're talking Bond, uh, yeah. James Bond, for yeah. sure. Uh, but it's too serious, guys. Dijak might be a cop or a narc or whatever his character is, but he likes to torture people. And Dragunov's a crazy Russian dude who loves being tortured. Mm-hmm. So they're really a match made in heaven. Yeah. For this match, a last man standing match, Dijak and Dragunov, these two start off and it is a slugfest. I swear both their chests are already a pinkish or reddish hue, 
like 30 seconds to a minute into the match. Jack is getting chopped up. Ilya is getting chopped up. Uh, Booker T and Vic are like, put the kids to bed because this one's going to be violent. And it just is that. Ilya already sets up early with the steel steps what he did to Jack, which is like his jumping fucking forearm to the face, the bomb or whatever. He goes for this, but eats a boot right away and then gets suplexed onto the steel steps. Dijak then holds a table and Ilya just doesn't care and runs at him through the table into him. I don't know how smart this was. I love this. I mean, he ends up winning the match, so I guess it worked out for him. I laughed at this, but also was like, that's It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it reminds me of, I, I swear we've seen Kenny do that before where he's like, well, like, I'm just going to like run through yeah. it with it. But he, this guy just made the table like explode. Uh, there's like German suplexes attempt, but he gets thrown back and head first into the steps. And then like a DDT, Dijak's beating him up here. Uh, Ilya comes back though and sets Dijak up in the corner and hits a coast to coast into the steps. But Dijak gets up at a nine count here. He can't keep the big man down. Uh, there's tons of chops exchanging. And you know it's a good match. And, and Ilya can can attest to being one of the best choppers. Because when he chops him, you see the sweat fly. Yeah. And, and, and just it looks awesome. He's chopping him. They're chopping each other. There's like a half and half dragon type suplex overhead. But Dijak still gets up. It's a battle. It's a war. They're yelling at each other. They're slapping each other across the face. Dijak then gets out of the ring and grabs a kendo stick. And you want to talk about torture. He wallops this guy. He is nailing Ilya like in the in the gut, in the back, in the chest. He's wiping. The- uh, so Ilya's got a, like a cut on his face. And he wipes the stick on his face. And then he's like shoving it. He's like, this is your blood. Oh, man. This kendo stick exploded yeah. into pieces by the end of it. It was just nasty. And, and... He, he, like, the kendo stick is just in pieces and he's ripping it and getting blood all over it, like you said. And then he yells at Ilya, Do you feel alive? And Ilya responds, Not even close, as he gets back up. And somehow he drops the bomb on, on Dijak here. He's flying at him here. And then eventually he, like, what? He's got Dijak nailed with a chair. And Dijak's now, like, faced down into a steel chair. And, Ilya runs up the steps and does his diving bomb, but now to the back of the head of Dijak, who's now sandwiched in between the chair. He's also got the steps like vertically upright. Yeah. So he stood higher than they would normally be. I'm thinking like, yeah, think of like any epic movie fight scene, medieval type shit, even Star Wars. Like I have the high ground now and this guy is cooked and he's already, he jumps and nails him to the back of the head. Very Crazy nasty finish. I instantly knew this had to be it. And the ref counts the 10 count. And Ilya Dragunov is the last man standing in uh, quite a match here. Wow, what a match. Yeah, like the the feud has been a little goofy. But I think in the last couple of weeks when they've been doing the brawls actually in the arena, you've seen the physicality these two have. I mean, we've come to know it from, you know, Dijak's feud with Keith Lee in the past and Dragunov with Walter, obviously. Like, you know what these two are capable of. And I thought they brought that uh, intensity and violence to this match. There's a part of me that I'm watching this after watching Double or Nothing and I'm like, oh man, I wish I wish these two were, like, allowed to go a bit more. Obviously, you've got a few of those WWE restrictions with how far you can go with the yeah. violence. 
but I thought they brought it pretty much as far as they could within those restrictions. Um, and there, there was a spot I really liked with um, the Feast Your Eyes from Dijak, where, because uh, it's a pretty protective move from Dijak, and Ilya, like, eats the the knee to the face and just stumbles back and falls into the turnbuckle. So he's like knocked out right, he's technically yeah. on his feet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, that would have, if he just, if the turnbuckle was three feet further away, he'd have probably been down. But I thought that was a, a quite smart little spot, which could have looked contrived, but I thought was executed perfectly. And, uh, yeah, just continuing dragging off, just being this, uh, this absolute, uh, beast yeah i mean his his body was red and welts all over they posted a photo he shared it earlier this morning and it's just like his whole body looks beaten and bruised uh this was one of the best last man standing matches and they didn't have to get like too crazy or bloody it was kind of simple yeah like it worked too many counts either yeah which gets so contrived right some like last man standing or i quit matches that i hate it's like you quit it's like a spine buster in the first 30 seconds and it's like one yeah. two it's like dude i'm getting up from that or do you quit are you quitting it was it was good i i really love Ilya dragunov it was it was interesting because I, I mentioned when uh booker t and vic right before the match starts are like yo put the kids to bed uh uh die jack is at making his entrance and he turns to the people these people in the crowd and he says like don't watch the, what i'm about to do Apparently, it's his wife and his own kid. Oh, right. Dijak is from Massachusetts. Right. So his home, this is his hometown as okay. well. So that's why the crowd are giving him a reaction. But his wife and his kid were in, sitting there, and he's like, don't watch what I'm about don't to do. It. And then he goes and gets murdered by Dragunov here. But yeah. You said awesome. Book had a good night, but he definitely thought this was an I quit match for yeah. majority of this match. He's like, oh, there's only one way you can win, and you that's making your opponent quit. quit. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> but yeah. fair enough. Uh, no, this was this was great. Dijak, since coming back to NXT, he's been silly, but the matches have connected. I'm thinking back to his match with Wes as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, this feud is over. Dragunov needs to go up to the main roster, Yeah, honestly. I mean, it's one of the things where uh, if Bron Breaker was still your champion Ooh. as a heel Bron Breaker, that's a match I'd really want to wow. see. Maybe that's now Breaker's out of that program. That's a, a match you could do um, because I, I that's... I think that's a dynamic I'd really love. Just Bron just beating the shit out of this guy and who doesn't give up. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it's I can't really see him going for the championship while uh, Mello. Mello is holding it. Although I'm sure that would be a great match as well. Um, so I I would see a call up happening. Uh, I hope so. Maybe after SummerSlam, something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of dream match. This guy is amazing. They're sitting on like money and just sitting on a superstar with this guy. The intensity is unmatched. No one has the intensity that Ilya Dragunov has. And a match like this just shows that. Like, There's so many dream matches. I, I do just want to see him versus Danielson eventually yeah. when Dan- when, when Bro- Debray goes back to the Fed to retire. But uh, what we, we need the Walter I match mean, I, again. I think Gunther. Walter on a big stage is something... Uh, Triple H has in his back pocket. Yeah, that and to be honest, I think you could bring in Ilya Cold for that match, right? And it would be like we don't need to do video packages for this guy or anything. Just have them have the match that you know they can do, right? And everyone will be talking about Ilya Dragunov after it. I think that's the best way to showcase this guy. Yeah. Uh, Was this your match of the night? I 
I think so. Like this match of uh, at least match of this show. I, I, I think you yeah. know what there was. I liked every match on this show, but this one definitely stood out as just. I'm such a fan of Dragonov, man. Mm. He's someone I, I can't wait to. Would love to hear other people's opinions of what um what their match of the night was, but also uh some dream matches what that do with this yeah, guy. What, yeah. Where do you go with this guy? Because he's just so awesome. And if you're not putting the title on him here, like use him somewhere else. Chris Elliott brings up the state of Dragonov's arm as well. Did you see this like huge, just purple? Yeah, it's lump. disgusting. <laughs> it's it horrible. Just, he looks like he it went through like a war. Broken it. Yeah, uh, awesome stuff. Both hats off to Dijak and. Uh, dragging off. Dra- I mean, Dijak could go back to the main roster too. Just do this gimmick, I guess. To Big be honest, man. yeah, I think there's a way of making this gimmick work. I think they debuted it in a very cheesy way, but this is way better than his T-Bar character or yeah. whatever. And if, but it's how you book him. You know, if he's coming in like this and winning matches and looking strong, there's no reason why this guy couldn't be yeah. like an upper mid-card heel. In, for sure. In WWE. And he's tall, he's good. Exactly. He's, yeah, for sure. Uh, glad he got to... I hope he didn't scare his wife and kid too much mm. with that match, though. We get a segment. It's Chase U or Duke U, because Andre Chase still nowhere to be found. Still using the name Chase U, but we still haven't... Is it since uh, Breaker? Took is it? Out, oh, right, right. I yeah. think so. Uh, well, we have uh, Duke talking to his students here. He says, uh, I have the results of all your tests, and you all did really well. Except you, Ricky. You suck, Ricky. You fucking suck, Ricky. Get out of here. <laughs> so he's learned a lot from Andre. Yeah. He's doing Andre's like bits, right? Like, F you, Ricky. He says, anyways, moving on. Uh, he's got uh, guest speakers for today's class to teach us how to you know, win wrestling matches. Mm. And in comes Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. And they say, we want to show you some clips of what not to do. And they show clips of Thea Hale's match where she lost mm. to Keanu James. And she starts to cry. And she runs out of the classroom. And uh, Gulak says, crying? There's no crying in WWE. Clearly said, can I say there's no crying in wrestling? And they said, no, we're not allowed to say that word. <laughs> so crying in WWE. Uh, and Duke says, you know, that wasn't cool. And kind of confronts them about it. Stands up for Chase U. So perhaps we're getting a Chase U versus Drew. I, I think... I think he said something about teaching him a lesson next week. So yeah. I, I think this is a Tuesday. match happening on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I still question Duke. Is this Duke kind of playing good, bad, good cop, bad cop? Right. Or is he's like, I need you to come in and just shit on Thea Hale. And then I'll be like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. But maybe he's trying to teach her something. he's trying to toughen her up, hasn't yeah. he? And because uh, they were saying, oh, you know, she had no defense. She needs yeah. to learn to like counter and submit and that kind of thing. So Possibly. I think it's, it's Duke still kind of, um, kind of playing with these students here. Yeah. Well, we get, uh, Noam Dar celebrating with the heritage cup with Ms. Jackson and Lash legend and Aura Mensa. And, uh, they're just so happy and they're so excited and they'll be celebrating this week on, on NXT, but we'll, we're going to have to hear from them, I think this week. And that's probably when we'll find out their, their name and their MO, but I think, I think they saw the light. Hey, this guy's a winner. Maybe we should hang out with mm-hmm. this guy. So I, I'm, I'm loving things for Noam Dar right now. Uh, hey, are you looking for a party on July 30th? Yeah, sure. The next NXT PLE, the Great American Bash. Look at that. They have the whole, they, not even just the best. The Great American Bash, Sunday, July 30th, July 30th in Cedar Park, Texas. Nice. You going? 
Uh, no, because uh, <laughs> I'll be going to Detroit five days later. Fair enough. But, um, but yeah, I was, you know what? I was very pleased with this because they said it's on a Sunday. Right. Which means I don't have to lose a shift at work, yep. which is nice. Yep. And, is there an AEW pay-per-view that night? Uh, no, no. It seems to be clear. Sure? I'm sure Impact will probably schedule something, but I don't need to worry about that. Yeah. Um, or ROH or something. Who? Uh, but yeah, Great American Bash. I think it's good. I, I like that they're doing way more of these NXT PLEs, taking them on the road. I think the... The reactions from the crowd have been pretty good. And I think it's a good test to see, you know, who of these characters are over outside of the performance center, because you have very supportive crowds there who go every week and they know every character. So I think it's, it's a good idea to take them on the road to see, okay, which of these characters are working on a broader scale that we could potentially move up. So, uh, and it, I think NXT has been thriving recently and it's always good when they've got a destination, whether it's one of their themed kind of Tuesday night shows or a big PLE. Yeah, it's better that they go on the road. So I'm not familiar with Texas too much. I'm Canadian, sorry. But Cedar Park is in the, the Austin, Texas area. Oh, fun. So Maybe that'd be we should go. Cool. At least it's not near Corpus Christi, right? Yeah. Nice. As long as they don't go there. Uh, that could be pretty fun. So it is the week before SummerSlam. Sunday Slam. before SummerSlam. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will be covering that show. Somehow, some way. We go to our next match. It is the NXT Tag Team Championship on the line. The champions, Gallus, the Gallus boys on top versus the Creed brothers, Julius and Brutus. And um, at first, Vic Joseph kind of slips up, a rare slip up from Vic, calling Joe Coffey, Joe Gacy. Uh-huh. And Booker checks him and says, how could you, Vic? That's... That's Joe Coffey. You know Joe Coffey. He's good to the last drop, <laughs> which got a pop from me. I love when he says that. We get uh, the Creeds coming in here, and uh, they're kind of running shop here on on the Gallus lads, on Mark Coffey. The, they're working the knees and twisting around and getting the best of him. Uh, when Wolf, Wolfie comes in and Mark starts to tag and get the ground and pound on Julius, who makes a tag to Brutus, Julius does this like distraction thing where he runs the ropes and then goes to the outside and goes, Hey, Ivy, watch this. And then it distracts them as Brutus comes off the top and then starts to Brutus smash. Uh, eventually hits an angle slam on Mark Coffey for a near fall. Uh, Julius now comes in with this hot tag. And is it a hot tag? We've seen him do some pretty freakish things on NXT TV, but this was uh, a step up. He hits a belly to belly and then does a kip up. He hits another belly to belly and does another kip up and another and another and another. This guy, Julius Creed, is a machine. I just worry one day he's going to do this and just completely tear his abs or something because <laughs> uh, it's it's crazy. These are not like little guys. No. He's, Wolfie he's throwing around. Wolfie and Mark Coffey. And Mark Coffey, they're, they're big lads. And he's just throwing them around and then having the energy to kip up after it and then do it again and again and again. He did a bunch I say here. Every, every time. This guy is just a freak. Yeah. Like, he's so athletic. So Wrestling good. machine. Yeah. This guy is nonstop. And then one huge big one again. And then a standing star press. And then a standing moonsault by Brutus. They're running shop here. Uh, Brutus eventually hits the, the Brutus ball, the cannonball off the top. Again, a near fall. Uh, the Creed's now gaining control. There was a moment, uh, Book calls it a, a cannonball. And he's like, Vic's like, no, that's the the Brutus bomb. A cannonball would be in the. Ca- Never mind. You know what book I'll I'll tell you later. <laughs> uh, there's then a spot where like all four guys are kind of together in the ring, and the Creeds talking to each other. He goes, "We got this. We got this. We got this. I love you, brother." <laughs> and then they continue to fight. 
it all breaks down. Uh, there's uh, uh, Joe Coffey who's trying to get involved here, and uh, Ivy eventually trips him to like even the odds. But Ava Rain runs down to the ring and throws Ivy headfirst into the post, which shocks and distracts Julius as they pick him up and they hit the Gallus. The Gallo Gate, I think, as they're calling it now, which is the spin out, the knee spinning TKO like, boot thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a cool finish for sure, and looked good here as they get the one, two, three, and the Gallus boys are on top, just like they said, as they retain in nine minutes and thirty three seconds. Uh, this didn't quite hit to the level I was hoping it would. Uh, aside from kind of that that Julius hot tag, um, I was expecting a little bit more. I think. We've seen, we've been very negative on Gallus over the years and we have seen them step up. I thought, I thought their match with, uh, Dyad a few weeks ago was really good. And I, I probably put that above this match. Um, and also just didn't like the, the finish. I didn't quite get why Ava was there. Um, we've already seen her tonight. She hasn't really had much to do with this story, maybe with Ivy, but it just felt a bit of a, a weak finish for me. Um, so it wasn't terrible, but didn't kind of hit the gear that I was hoping it would. Yeah. Uh, I, I still really liked it. The creeds are impressive and will be a big deal in WWE specifically Julius too, but I love, I love me some Brutus, Brutus balls, mm. <laughs> but I, I did think that this match wasn't as good as the creeds versus the dyad lads from yeah. like what last week, two weeks ago. Cause that was a banger. That tag team match was must watch, but the Gallus guys have improved, don't get me wrong, and I like them with Joe Coffey, but he didn't even really help them win. So it's like, yeah, unless we're going towards the Dyad winning these titles somehow, is that that's why Ava Rain's well, involved? But that you'd assume it's that setting up Dyad and Creeds yeah. again. So it's just weird, or like, or Ava's having a program with Ivy, but just doesn't seem the yeah. right match to really. So is it what are Creeds going to blame Ivy for? Distract. I don't know. Yeah. Like it, it, it did seem a bit of a weak finish to me. Yeah. Uh, I still, I got into it, but yeah, not kind of the level that we've seen from them before. Uh, we get a video for NXT Anonymous and the, the mystery attacker, mystery hacker, possibly. I don't think NXT Anonymous and this person are the same person, but no, Anonymous has been following that, right. catching them. Yeah. Attack people. Uh, it's them talking. It's like all these like AI generated voices where it's like, I've wreaked havoc and this Tuesday I reveal myself. So, uh, seem to have a, a British accent in this as well. One of the voices um, did. Yeah. So I think we're still probably between Blair Davenport and Stevie Turner. Or there, you know, these two are people, you know, a little younger than us mm. in their, their twenties. They're, they're probably like us. And maybe they're a big fan of this little movie called Scream where it's spoilers. There's two, two of them. Or they're a fan of Legado del Fantasma, right? And there's yeah. three of them. Yeah. You know, like maybe, maybe it's like Stevie Turner's the one who's good at the, you know, the hacking and the, 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 yeah. the, the tech stuff. And Blair's just good at beating people up. I don't know. I mean, we do need, uh, we do need new tag teams. Yeah. Um, what we don't know. Do we even have a team? Well, we really? don't know what's going on with that championship at the moment yeah. because the witches are on uh, on the main roster. But um, these two coming in as a heel, it doesn't really make sense that you'd position them against Tiffany right away. Yeah. Um, so I assume these are going to be a. Yeah, you might be right. It could be Stevie and Blair Davenport as a tag team. We get the epic moment when you think it's one person and then it's revealed. 
the best part of that new Scream movie was the, without giving anything away, the the one. Yeah. Mm, it's like, oh, sh-, without spoiling. Good stuff. If you know, you know. Uh, hey, shout out the band Paris for the song Animal. Paris with a V. That's the star, right? Pavris. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Uh, we get a video for the bird lady, Lyra Valkyria. Uh, her side of the story for her title match, talking about the Morgan would take shape of a crow, and that's kind of why she's shaped like a crow. I mean, her her gear, her feathers. Yeah. Uh, she's earned the feathers from every battle that I've won, and tonight I gain new feathers. I am evolving, and she's going to take flight. Which leads us into this match, the tournament final for the vacant NXT Women's Championship. This title's been flip-flopped around, kind of cursed for the past little while. We had Roxanne win it in kind of a shocking fashion from Mandy Rose, who uh, for the first time has been seen on a boat with NXT talent on social media this weekend. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> so maybe she's coming back. Uh, and then Roxanne relinquished the title because of an injury or anxiety and then went, no, 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 I'm still the champion. Then ended up losing it to Indy Hartwell, who then defended the title and got injured, but then still won the match and then got drafted and then gave it the title. And then we had a tournament. And now we're here in the finals. Tiffany... And the bird lady. Mm. Yeah. I so maybe Mandy is the one coming back on Tuesday to just take this title back. <laughs> yeah, it, it, maybe. You possibly. do have JC and Gigi fighting, in, don't you? In the, God, girls, just stop fighting. Yeah. Better as a team. Uh, so Lyra Valkyria versus Tiffany Stratton here. Uh, Lyra comes out wearing her bird gear, but she's got some gold feathers because she's looking to get some gold here tonight. Tiffany Stratton coming out with uh, the, the pigtail look. And the, the whole buff Barbie kind of look going on. I love the, uh, like fake paparazzi for her entrance, yeah. like the snapshots and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Uh, so this match starts off Tiffany and Lyra one on one. Uh, they kind of do a bunch of the drop downs and back and forth. And Lyra seems to like tweak her knee, but I think it's like she starts to, from the leap progress. Right? Yeah. Which Tiffany eventually starts to target here. Uh, Tiff then scouts the knee, like, tweak, and then throws her, like, knee first into the post on the outside and continues to work it. Hits a dragon screw here. Tiffany, clearly a fan of her Japanese wrestling, locks in the Muda lock. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about how Tiff, all her moves are, like, a lot of old school wrestling <laughs> legends, essentially. Absolutely. So she knows her stuff, clearly, or whoever she, was it, I, I was reading a Ganye, Ganye, like, Taught her how to wrestle or something. Greg Gagne? Pretty crazy. (laughs) No, no, different different one. Uh, There's then Tiff who's just beating her up here. The Muda lock, like I mentioned, but Lyra gets out of that. Uh, Lyra starts to come back and starts to go for her kicks. She hits a series of combos and then the axe kick to like the crown of the head for a near fall. There's then a northern light suplex and then again and again. But the third time, it's she's dropped down from Tiff as she works the leg. Uh, she fires back though off the top with a crossbody for a near fall. Gets a like a crucifix bomb on Tiff, who's going for like her. You can't escape, but it's countered into that. But Tiff gets out of that. Uh, Tiff then hits this like seated drop kick to the face for a near fall. Lyra comes back with a huge German suplex, but then as she goes for like a kick, uh, she she like buckles her knee and she can't hit her finish, which is that like spinning. What are we ca- calling it? The crow kick. <laughs> Yeah, the falcon kick. The falcon the, kick. Uh, the but she can't kick. do it, so Tiff like gets out of there and, and hits the you can't escape and goes for the prettiest moonsault, but Lyra gets out of the way, no water in the pool, and Tiff gets up and eventually is hit with the falcon kick to the head. But as she goes for the pin, Tiff gets her foot on the rope at the two count, so the ref does not call it. As they get back up, 
Lyra again buckling on her leg. Tiffany picks her up, hits the You Can't Escape one more time, which sets up for the prettiest moonsault ever. One, two, three, in 16 minutes and one second, Tiffany Stratton makes it happen and becomes your new women's champion. Yeah, we... we we predicted that it makes the most sense that Tiffany For goes sure. over in this. I thought these two had a, a, a really nice match. I liked the um, introduction of the knee. Uh, Lyra has been kind of positioned as more of one of the sort of veterans in the division and Tiff still very new to this. So I thought that it somewhat protected Lyra in this defeat as well, but also met, gave Tiffany another clean win. She's won every match in this tournament clean, hasn't used the the handbag or anything like that at all. Um, she's come out of this really strong. I think she's the perfect character to hold this title. Um, it is time though to, uh, you've got to build up some baby faces because there's no one really that I can think of. Gigi and Roxy, right? And Roxy's kind of been in this picture maybe a bit too much. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was, was strong. Um, and I thought uh, Lyra's selling of the knee, kind of how her kicks were just that little bit weaker was pretty nice. Yeah, uh, this was great. I mean, the NXT women's title, in my opinion, kind of has been cursed. Uh, you look back a few years ago when everyone would be praising NXT's women division. We've had, obviously, the four horsewomen come through. We've had people like Io Shirai, Bianca Belair. We haven't really had these these matches that have, I, in my opinion, like felt at that level for quite a while. No, right? and like, I don't think this reached that. I don't think it got but, to that level, but now going forward, I'm I'm feeling a bit more like, oh, now I'm a bit more interested of... Right now, yeah, you're right. Tiffany doesn't really have a lot of challengers, but there's some people in the wings later on. Not the bird lady, but like there's a few people in the wings eventually, like your Sol Rukas in a year. And like there's some people coming through now that I'm, I could see. What do you see uh, for a Jordan Grace who rumors have it she's yeah, probably true. departing impact? Do you see her as someone who is going to AEW? Do you see her as someone who goes straight to the main roster? Or do you see her having a bit of a run in NXT? I don't know. That would be interesting. I mean, right now she she's we have the buff Barbie of Tiffany yeah. Stratton, but I don't know. Would she fit in in AEW a bit more or WWE? But I could I could see her as a character that uh, Tiffany could kind of you know be quite mean to. Yeah. Like I've been doing this a year. You've been going around the world for ten years, and we're still here, and I'm the champion. Like all that yeah. kind of stuff. I think that could be a a quite nice program if they were to bring her in. Uh, I think Jordan Grace is like one of the best women in the world. So I am kind of excited to see where she goes. And WWE does still, in my opinion, have the best women's roster. Yeah. So I kind of prefer to maybe see her kicking it around here. In a year or two, you'll be seeing Tiffany win WWE gold. Oh, main I, roster I 100% gold. see her she'll as be, a women's champion. Yeah, she'll be Raw having Smackdown. huge encounters with some of the big stars right now. I, I see just such big things. This is her first big like ple pay-per-view whatever you want to call it match that it did it's it did still deliver for me i really got into this lyra too is fantastic there's a reason why they put her in this match she made tiff look so good yeah. and i mean tiff tiff does a lot on her own that moonsault is literally what it says on the tin prettiest moonsault ever she hits it with such beauty and she's she's got the stuff like in between the moves, I think everyone should watch someone like a Kevin Owens wrestle because yeah. he's always doing stuff. He's always yelling at his Trash opponents, talking. yelling to the camera, yelling to the crowd. And she's got that. And it just, it's something we see on NXT quite a lot, especially the, uh, the, the kind of newer women 
is there isn't that kind of connective tissue between each move. We've see, seen it with Sol Ruka. Sol Ruka can do some really cool stuff, but then it's like, walk to my next spot to set up for yeah. this other cool flip I'm doing. And I think Tiff's definitely showing more than that. Yeah, absolutely. And she, she, you know, now's the champion. I was waiting for her to become champion. I see a lot of promise in going forward and some better matches. I, I think you could maybe do GG if she wins, if yeah. she wins the cage match on Tuesday, you could have her as a first challenger yeah. for Tiffany. Tiff should have a long reign. Yeah. She should beat a lot of people going forward. Uh, well, Tiffany Stratton, it's a Tiffany epiphany. Congrats. We go to our main event. The NXT Championship on the line. The champion, Carmelo Hayes, in his hometown, the neck, his neck of the woods here, going up against Braun Breaker. And out comes the challenger, Braun, with his goofy dog mask on. <laughs> I quite liked it. It was like, it's like Shingo's it's like dragon Shingo's, mask, yeah. but a dog. I, I didn't mind it. I a thought it looked kind Japanese of cool. dog mask. Uh, yeah. Actually, the mask was really cool, but he was wearing uh, a bloody hoodie. Right. Because he's. I guess he's implying that he's got that dog in him, and he's like a were-dog, a werewolf, a were-dog. I, I like the mask. I wasn't as keen of the placement of the dog face, which was kind of quite close to his big dog as well. Right. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the hoodie, the hoodie for me looked like he like bought a hoodie and then just like cut it up and then put fake Halloween blood on it. Probably did. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, like the mask looks like it was made proper, but yeah. then you just like cheaped out on that. But anyways, I I think he looks better as a bad guy. He looks so meaner. The the goatee, the the black gear. The, when he took the the hoodie off, he looks scary. He's got the meaner than evil and the dog face thing, right? That's what you were talking mm. about. His tights. Uh, out comes Trick to introduce the champion. He says, this is the city of champions, the city of green, the city of beans, <laughs> the Celtics, and we're going to get this win. And out comes Carmelo Hayes with his entrance. He holds up his arms, revealing it it's kind of spells out him because mm -hmm. <laughs> he is him. Uh, big reaction for, I'd say, both both people. I mean, yep. Ron got the booze and the energy of the crowd and Mello obviously getting a big reaction because he's their hometown hometown boy. As we go into this match, Braun and Mello to meaner than evil. Uh, Mello comes out the gate firing off at Braun, trying to hit him with a series of pump kicks, sending him to the outside and then hits a dive over the top, almost not getting him here, but like lands on him and starts to punch him. I, I don't know if that was kind of something he thought on the fly because yeah. he he grazed Bron and almost completely like yeah. ate shit but just, just pounces on him right away and I thought on I thought it it made this this energy of the beginning of the match quite like Bron's had Mello's number every single week building it up to this match so I think Mello came in with this game plan where I got to just throw everything Bring at the him fight the to very him. first move was a drop kick to the knee and then just relentless and these punches. I, I thought it was a really hot opener for this match. Well, the crowd's really hot for Mello doing all of this stuff as he, he's like, come on, and the crowd are reacting. He gets back in the ring, but now Braun is on the attack and just somehow counters Mello and hits this huge lariat, putting him inside out here. Now Braun on the attack, hitting his like belly-to-belly -belly suplexes, but like some of them are like the side ones and like just throwing this guy around. What a dog, literally. Uh, he's just throwing him, beating him up. Uh, starts to do push-ups, like his uncle Scott. 
and tries to go for the recliner, but uh, Mello escapes out of that. Eventually, Mello's trying to hit what we could think is the nothing but net or the fadeaway. Braun hitting, what, almost springboarding up to hit a Frankensteiner off the top on Mello. Very impressive here. I never, I don't think I saw Scott use the like springboard, springboard up to, yeah, do, it. to yeah. do it. Very impressive. Uh, eventually, Braun now hits him with more suplexes, German suplexes. It's very suplex city here, like Brock Lesnar just like, uh, stalking him here. Uh, eventually goes for a standing suplex, but it's countered into a DDT from Mello, which uh, tries to come back here, gets a near fall. Mello eventually connects with his flying springboard clothesline, turning Braun inside out, but Braun kicks out of it. Uh, Mello goes for his satellite face buster, but Braun kicks out at not even a one mm. and goes like, is that the best you can got? Come on, come on, hit me, and starts like punching himself in the face. So Mello picks him up and hits his suplex cutter, but Braun kicks out at two. Very cool spot here. Uh, Mello, keeping his cool and composure, goes for his springboard flying clothesline again, but in midair, he is speared out of the sky. This Ron is a, has the timing of this. Yeah, so good. this one even better than the yeah, one from a few awesome. weeks. Like the one from a few weeks ago, they've replayed like a hundred times. It's one of the best spears ever, and they outdone it with this one here, just crushing him. But Mello kicks out. The crowd is buzzing for him here. They're behind him. Eventually, uh, Braun goes for what we think is the power slam, but Mello kicks out of it, goes to the up top, and hits. Nothing but net. One, two, three in 14 minutes, 14 seconds. Carmelo Hayes pins Braun Breaker and retains the NXT Championship. Uh, I way preferred this to their first match at Stanford. Absolutely. I think just having the roles more defined. Uh, Braun is a big bad heel. Melo fighting from underneath. I, I like the style how, as I said, Melo was all on top of him at the beginning. And Braun just catches him with one kind of shoulder to the ribs, to the apron, and he's got control because he's that much bigger and powerful. I thought there were some really nice counters in this match as well. Like the um, the military press gets countered to the code breaker, which looked pretty cool. And then Mello, we've seen him do this once before. It's, it's as if he's going for his springboard clothesline, but Bron's facing the other way. So he just springboards backwards into the DDT, DDT. which looked really cool. I did feel, however, maybe the, the finish kind of came a bit out of nowhere. I didn't feel that escalation. We had the big near fall with the spear, and I just thought it needed a bit more of that crescendo before you finally got that. I thought Braun was kicking out of it. Yeah, I thought yeah, Braun was going to kick like out it. felt like it was that, and we were going to get one more kind of sequence for the finish. I was kind of, oh, that's it, especially with Melo kicking out the spear earlier. But uh, I, I thought this was a, uh, a way better main event than the last one these two had, and solidifies Melo. Like, he got the clean win now over Breaker, um and can really start this championship reign. Yeah, not the not the finish I thought. Like obviously the crowd being super into Mello is like either way I'm I am a big fan of the, this whole act with him and Trick especially, but part of me was like, "Oh, it'd be a bit more interesting and a bit shaking things up if Heel Braun got the title back here and I was expecting him to pin so they got me on, "Oh, wow. He didn't kick out of that." So who do you see as next challenger for um for Mello. I mean, you got to think Ilya is doing something, but I don't know if you would necessarily go to that because I think Ilya would slap Mello around there. But mm. uh, I don't know. Who else? Uh, that really makes the most sense. He won the big singles match earlier. Ilya? Like, yeah. I'm trying to think what other heels you have right now. Yeah, not a whole lot right now. So that is that is interesting. There's always the, the bringing someone down. 
for a match maybe. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think there's a clear... Uh, let's see the YouTube room. Who do you think is next? For- uh, well, Brandon from New Jersey says you should fight him. So uh, that's always yeah. good. And he, he gave us money as well to say. Oh, nice. The super, super chat. chat. Thank you. Um, uh, I, you know what, though? I, I totally agree. Like, I, I don't think the first Braun and Mello match hit quite as mm. much as I thought it was. But this one did. And I'm really glad they did it. Uh, this is uh, like... This feud is over. He beat him. So like, does yeah. Braun go to the main roster now? I, I could see him maybe as a post-SummerSlam call-up. Now, now I'm thinking about it. I think just have a pissed-off Bron Show up. beating up people and dragging off challenges Bron. Or okay. you, I think that could be the match for... Um, American Bash? American that's Bash. That's in a while, though. That's in two it's months. It's in like six weeks, six, seven weeks. Well, I mean, that's July 30th. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a long time. Yeah. Um, and then I think you have it... You could have him debut at SummerSlam or come out after some or the Raw after SummerSlam, right. something like that. Well, wait, where are the Steiners from Michigan? Steiners uh, are from Michigan. SummerSlam's in Detroit. Yeah. So, I mean. Debut at SummerSlam. Get a pretty big reaction. Have I, him be. Uh, something about Braun's wearing a black t-shirt and his, and his chain and his cross and being a bad guy just makes his character way more interesting to me. Like, I just love this guy now. So, I. I'm. I would like to see that Ilya match now that you kind of brought that up, and that would be a good way to have his exit. You could do like a I don't know a babyface wins beats Theory for the U.S. title, and Bron just spears him out of his boots after the match. You know that kind of thing, right? To like set up a big, big first feud for Bron, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but his time is probably this. He's been working on this heel persona. It's working. I think in ring he's. He's ready. He's he he does the. They'll just do what they're doing with Brock and Cody. He'll cost Ilya the match, and then sets up that feud between them, and then that's kind of his goodbye to to NXT, possibly. Yep. Uh, and then move him move him on up. But yeah, Melo successfully winning. I would like to see him uh, have some TV defenses going forward against some people, and then I wonder who his opponent would be for the Great American Bash. But uh, all in all, this was a great show. Like some really good wrestling and NXT has been hitting like the last one. I think this was better than the last one. Uh, I would say my match of the night was the last man standing match. Dragonov just doesn't miss, but you got a great three way opener with the North American title. That was great. Was, you know, retaining, uh, the heritage cup match was pretty interesting. And I definitely got into that more than I thought I would get into that being a huge, uh, Noam Dar fan. And then the tag match, I guess was maybe the weak point of the show, but even that was still like a good, nothing, nothing like, shat the bed yeah on this show um i i thought it was like good to great some of these matches and i think nxt is on a bit of a roll at the moment i think they've they're still goofy shit but they've toned down the goofy shit i think in general the storytelling's been quite logical you see where it's going they do build everything week to week and now you've got the talent there as well uh the the kind of those PC recruits from 2.0, they they've come into their own now. You've got a sprinkling still of your your veterans like your Dijaks and your uh, Dragonoffs and Wesleys and stuff. I, I think NXT is really cooking right now. I think it's a shame that they try to counter program, whether deliberate or not, um, because I think way more people might you know give this show a chance who haven't dipped into NXT I, for a I, while. We always when it's NXT, we usually try to. You know, we're post wrestling. We try to go with our post show. We're doing this a day later because, like, yeah, it's it was up against things. We uh, we had friends. That we were gonna have a watch party, but no one was interested in, in doing that. Double or nothing was super cold, 
So we just had a bunch of people over and watched the pay-per-view. But going on social media today, I didn't see no buzz about this show. I feel like we like only in the the circle of our podcast of hearing people talk about it. I haven't really seen too much like buzz about it, but even from, though I'd say it was probably a better show. From like you're searching NXT on on Twitter, and yeah. people are very positive, and a lot of people have said that they kind of preferred it to majority of Double or Nothing. Yeah, which I think we'll give us thoughts on that in a in a bit, but. Uh, really love this show and kind of going back to like where kind of NXT kind of was. You have the matches that deliver. You have only a few matches on a pay-per-view. They're traveling to different places. Finally, you see how like a starving crowd that, you know, people do follow these characters. People are getting more involved into it. And I think the past few months, past few weeks specifically have just... NXT has been having, you know, a good match here or there that stands out. You're like, whoa, if you're not watching the show, these are some, you know, some rare candies, some hidden, some hidden gems. And a show like this is just kind of full of just some fun stuff. So they're definitely getting back to the NXT that I kind of love. Yeah. Right. Further away from the, the paint splatter stuff and to sure. its own entity. And I'm really into it. Shall we go to some feedback? See what you guys thought about this show. Yeah, go for it. We start with Sean, who says, I forget you look away for a second in a Wesley match or you'll miss some crazy shit. <laughs> yes, Sean. Uh, I'll go down to the next one as well because that was short. But Dylan says, first time, long time. Hey, first time, first time, time in a long time. Wow. I haven't had one of them for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, he's been busy finishing vet school. Well, wow. Congratulations. congratulations. Saving animals. Um, finally graduated and to celebrate, I went to NXT tonight. Wow. And the show did not disappoint. The North American title match was a great opener. Dar's new group is interesting. Guess the guy has a type. Ilya and Dijak killed each other. Never seen someone put themselves through a table to get to the person on the other side of it before. <laughs> Tiffany deserved this win. Really impressed with how far she has come. My only negative of the night was Gallus retaining. I don't get what Sean sees in them. Mello winning in his home state was a great way to send the crowd home happy. Easy 9 out of 10 show. All bangers. Wow. Thank you, Dylan. Thanks, Dylan. I always love a live report from the shows. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people, uh, this is from our F Facebook group too. Join the Poison Rana Facebook group and page there. Uh, but always love feedback from people attending live shows, especially if we're not there to attend them live. But thank you, Dylan. And I hope you're saving some animals. You know, we saved some animals recently when we climbed the CN Tower. We did. I didn't have a good day today, though. You didn't save I an animal? I walked into a goose. You walked into a yeah, goose? Is the like, goose okay? Are you goose, okay? The goose previously was injured, and right. I didn't see the goose, yeah. and then just felt flapping on my legs. I was like, oh. what the fuck? And oh, it was, man. It was a goose, and some guy yelled at me. He was like, yo, it's injured, bro. And I was oh. like, I didn't fucking see it. Why would I walk into a goose? Oh, you're a goose. Yeah, a silly goose. <laughs> Who's the goose? Uh, we go to Sean, who writes in here, Battleground was a great show. Better overall than Stand and Deliver, in my opinion. And the Lowell crowd was on fire all night. Special shout out to the Wesley for being, to Wesley, not the Wesley. The Wesley. <laughs> for being amazing again. Ilya and Dijak for sacrificing their bodies to put on what was probably the match of the night. Julius Creed for being one of the best hot tags in the biz. And Tiffany and Lyra stepping it up to, up in a huge way. And Braun Breaker for being such a great bad guy. This might have been the show of the weekend. Wow. Thank you, Sean. We go to Cameron, who says NXT Battleground was the most consistent show throughout, in my opinion. I think he's probably comparing to Double or Nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, every match was a decent level, and man, did stars show up. North American title match was great, and Lee and Bate got Gacy's best match out of him. 
Uh, Ilya versus Dijak was fantastic. Ilya's intensity made him one of a kind. I'm guessing they went a long, they want a long reign for Melo, so I'm thinking Ilya is the one to take the title off Lee. What a banger that would be. Dragon Lee versus Dar was okay for me. The rounds match was the downfall. It didn't really flow, but there was some decent content for sure. Lyra showed up tonight. Fantastic match. Best women's match in ages in NXT. Bron v Melo was better than the first, but I still don't think they have the chemistry we want them to have. Bring on a new challenger for Melo. Heard rumors that tonight's was the last NXT show for a few of the stars and more call-ups on the card over the next few weeks. Love you guys. Take care. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I kind of agree. I I did think that women's match was one of the best women's matches just they've ever had in years. Yeah. Year or two, possibly. I I really liked it. And yeah, it kind of did seem like, hey, you could pull the trigger on some of them that the stories, you know, where are they going to go from from this point on? And then we go to Magan, who writes, last man standing match made it so hard to follow. Ilya hurting himself through a table to get the die jack had me howling. Stratton and Valkyria was a breakout match for both. Lyra's bum knee provided an an out for a rematch down the line, possibly to dethrone her. Braun Mello made up for Sand and Deliver, and the clear-cut distinction helped. Wesley continues to be the winningest NX, uh, NA champion in recent memory, and Noam Dar has a lifetime invitation to the cookout, as it took three people to beat Dragon Lee. I don't know where he goes next if he's going to continue to chase the supernova. Uh, and then some double or nothing stuff that we'll maybe read afterwards. But yeah, uh Kind of everyone's agreeing. Everyone's agreeing. Everyone's saying Dijak and and positive show. Ilya were cooking, and that table spot was obviously uh, a ton of fun. As as I was howling too, but yeah, NXT. uh, I was going to say stood and delivered, but that was the last show. So they 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 battled battled the ground. They battled the battleground. They've won the battle, but the war has just begun. Yeah, yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. So that was NXT Battleground. I hope you guys enjoyed us talking a bit about it. There was a lot of other wrestling, though, this week. A whole lot of other wrestling. There was so much other wrestling. Should we stick with WWE? As we're on sure. WWE to start with. Yeah, let's had- talk about some WWE because it was a great weekend show. We had a lovely Saturday afternoon. Is this what it's watching like? Watching wrestling before heading to work. It was, yeah. it was pleasant. Very this is pleasant. like you're watching like a football game during the yeah. weekend and you're like, oh, I'm going to put on the this. game. Uh, yeah, Night of Champions from uh, Jeddah getting rowdy in Saudi. Um, How is that not a show name? We were talking, rowdy in Saudi. Getting yeah. rowdy because Jeddah doesn't like roll off. There's nothing like the battle in Jeddah. Yeah, Jeddah. You know, it's like the rowdy getting rowdy in Saudi. Uh, yeah, I, I overall really enjoyed this show. I thought it was pretty consistent, top to bottom, and once again, WWE putting on uh, a really strong PLE. I think these the the thing that I think you've got to sing WWE's praises for this year is going to different locations and okay we're we're like halfway through this 10-year deal with saudi it's not the first saudi show we've had but they treat it now like it's canon it's not a a stadium house show these are proper stories with stakes and um and i just think you've had this run of like the the obviously wrestlemania the puerto rico show now this you've got money in the bank in london next uh next month uh, it just allows for such hotter crowds. And um, there's obviously all the the politics and stuff with uh, Saudi Arabia. And, I mean, John and Wade cover that extensively. Um, but 
I find you're looking at this crowd. This is a crowd that follow the product and they want to watch wrestling. And why shouldn't they? These people reacted to the characters, the matches. They had signs for mm. people that that weren't what seemed given out. You yeah. know what I mean? So like it seemed they, this was a crazier crowd. It was than, a solar monster sounds off sign. Like must be huge and must Saudi. be a wrestling fan. Yo, you know? if there's a Saudi listen, if there's people who listen, like this did not feel like the other Saudi shows yeah. that they've done. This felt like an actual just a pay per view that happened to be there. That's mm-hmm. what this felt like, and I can't say the same for some of the other ones they've done over there. So mm-hmm. this one just felt a lot different. Yeah, they still made a shit ton of money. Is it dirty? Who knows? But the, the crowd were having fun watching with some wrestling, yeah. and I, 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 this is the first one I definitely got like into. And it felt like a normal pay per view, and it had some really good matches that we can quickly run through, like what went down because I I, I did enjoy the show. Uh, opening the show, the curtain jerker, the new world heavyweight championship is going to be given out to whoever wins this the the opening match. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Seth coming out in his Cheetor Jacksonville. I thought he was tr- yeah, yeah trying to appeal to Tony Khan here in his yeah, Jacksonville. What up? Baby blue and leopard print. Yeah. Well, Jaguar print, I guess. But like blue and stuff too. Nice. Yeah. Uh, So Seth beating AJ Styles here. What did you think of this match? I I thought this was good. Um, I think, and I I find this a lot of the time with AJ Styles in recent years where you hear him versus X and you go, oh, that's going to be a really good match. And it, it doesn't hit that next level for me. I thought this was solid. I, I didn't think there was any doubt who was winning this yeah. uh, this World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I thought the match was like good and solid, as you'd expect from these two, but didn't hit that uh, next level where what I think a dream match like this should be capable of. Totally agree. I, I didn't think too much of this match, to be honest. They're good. AJ Styles is in this like coasting thing. Is he surfing lately? He's just like... I know he just came back from an injury, but I just feel like he's just does the same kind of style. Seth, for me, I know he's so over, at least his theme song is. I don't understand what his character is. I think it was the right decision, but it just shows that this guy gets this runner up title and like he's their guy who puts on good matches and who's really safe. Mm. But I still don't think he's in the like upper echelon of the guy and. I don't necessarily think he he's ever really been that or ever will be that. I, I think this reign is kind of uh it's going to be his mission, you know? Like it he's going to be putting on regular title defenses, kind of do what, you know, Cena had with that US title, just have a lot of good matches on TV, on pay-per-views. I I think the guy is a a great wrestler, great wrestler. and I've I've really enjoyed especially in the last year or so a lot of his stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to take a lot of work to get this championship, um, to mean something. And I don't think opening the show helps that case. No, it's your opening title match. You've forgotten about it by like three, four matches in. Yeah. It's, it's so weird that this, like, so there's a world heavyweight championship that now they're saying does not follow the lineage of the other world title, because obviously that one's being held by Roman. Right. So this one's just a brand new title that is also called the WWE World Title. And then you got the undisputed, sorry, you got the World Heavyweight Title, the Universal Title, then you got the Raw Women's Title, then the Smack, like, what's... On the other brand. It's just so, can we sort this out somehow, some way? I don't know, it's weird. Uh, But yeah, Seth winning, I think that was the right call, and he could have some great matches, but it's like, is this just the house show championship now? 
That's yeah, what it's going to be. Right? That's yeah. what it's going to be. So good, good on you, Seth. Uh, we also had Trish Stratus returning to face Becky Lynch. Trish turning heel was just so great. I'm not, I've not been watching Raw or SmackDown. I'm sorry, it's still a show I can't do. But I love watching and, and finding out and clips and stuff. And Trish, the past little while, has been pretty good. Actually, her and Becky's back and forth have been pretty good. And I thought this match kind of lived up to it. Uh, I did not like Trish versus Charlotte at SummerSlam. We were there live in mm. Toronto. I didn't think that lived up to the hype. I kind of thought this one did. And I love Becky dressed as Kill Bill. Thing, uh, outfit there as Uma Thurman. That was pretty cool. But even cooler, Zoe Stark from NXT getting the kind of big rub here, helping Trish win, aligning herself uh, with Trish Stratus, which will definitely give Zoe some some heat going forward. But yeah, what do you think? I really like this. I, I think what Trish has always been good at, and we recently did uh, a best match ever, Stephanie McMahon. We have, yes. And there's uh, Trish versus uh stephanie and this is before trish is the wrestler trish stratus this is manager trish stratus and we actually both went that was surprisingly quite good for the time yeah and i think trish as a heel brings out this aggression where she's not afraid to hit someone she's not afraid to be hit back and i think when she's working as a baby face she maybe works a little safer whereas i thought here um both really kind of beat the shit out of each other and it made for a really entertaining match. And considering this is Trish's first singles match in four years. Since that SummerSlam, right? Since yeah. that SummerSlam. And if you think that was only one singles match for the first time in years, years like if it's really like her first match in a long, long time. I thought she looked fantastic. I loved the finish with Zoe Stark. I think that's, uh, I think she's such a great heater because she's a bit of a, a hoss herself. Yeah. Um, Becky just I assume it was from the the satisfaction just smashing her face but Becky always this is a weird sentence say she always looks good covered in blood she's, like she's it just makes bull- her look badass she is and I think I think this match is strong enough to do at um SummerSlam and now you've got the introduction of Zoe Stark what match a rematch I think so I think money in the bank you can either have Becky v Zoe or you can have Becky try for money in the bank and have Trish slash Zoe right. screw her out of winning it. And I think this is one you can run back because Becky eventually does need to beat Trish. Yeah. And Trish probably isn't going to be around here forever. I'd love to see this in Detroit. I would like to see, we're going to SummerSlam and I would like to see this back. This one, maybe I had no hopes for it, but it, it did deliver. And I, I think storyline wise, they're both really good talkers and characters mm. and Trish in the heel role is just so much better. I think, I think Becky has become a better wrestler since uh, becoming a mum. Which True, is yeah. really weird. I I was a fan of the character, but was never too high up on Becky Lynch's wrestling. And I yeah. completely take all that back now. I think she's with the kind of Bianca feud last year um, to like this match. I, yeah. I thought was was really good. Uh, what else was on the show? We go to the Intercontinental Championship, which was Gunther defending against Ali which was uh, pretty cool because there was some hope spots that I was getting into. Like, man, the crowd were biting on it, but so was I watching at home. And, uh, I mean, Gunther just doesn't have a bad match, but neither does Ali. And I wouldn't be surprised if we run this back once or twice uh, on TV in the next few weeks. I hope they keep this momentum with Ali, that he's been treated like a, a joke for quite a while yeah, now. I hate that, yeah. And then it was like suddenly they just flipped a switch and it's, okay, he's not from Saudi Arabia, but he's... Uh, he's a, a Muslim wrestler. So kind of representing these, these people in the, in the stadium who 
gave him a great reaction. Um, I love the presentation of Gunther with, you know, Ludwig Kaiser's big call for his entrance. Yeah. He just, he feels like so, he's got this aura about him and I think he carries it through to his matches. He hasn't had a bad match. He's pulled good matches in the last year about pe- out of people that I don't like. Yeah. I enjoyed his match against Braun Strowman and I am not a Braun Strowman fan at all. I can't think of a bad Gunther match. I'm glad they gave it... Uh, the time it did, I was worried they'd go full on squash, but Ali got his stuff in and all you want is that one near four that people bite on and I bit on it. So yeah. I I thought this was fun and absolutely you could run this back on, on Raw at some point. Gunther is having a crazy run. I'm such a big fan of uh, the name. Finally, I'm like, who cares? It doesn't matter. He's just amazing. And I love the whole look with him and the boys. Like you said, that entrance, you know, Kaiser, uh, I wonder if he made it back in time for Tiffy's big win, uh, in, in Boston. Probably not, but I, I love the whole like group as a unit, the intro, the way he does his intro. I love them when they wrestle. I love them in NXT and now they're just killing it here. He's kind of someone I'd like to see hold this IC title until he wins like the world heavyweight title right, as well. Okay. Have him double champ it for a bit. And wow. then that's how he loses the IC. Maybe. Um, he will be main event. Because I, soon, I yeah. feel in the next year and probably this calendar year, I can totally see him against Seth for this world heavyweight title. True, right. So it's what you do with this intercontinental on this crazy run he's having. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else do we have? We had Bianca Belair putting her raw women's championship on the line against Asuka. The evil, blue, scary, creepy clown Asuka, who in an upset beat Bianca, which a lot of people did not see coming. I mean, it didn't happen at WrestleMania, mm. but it happened here at Night of Champions. She used the the blue mist, but this time putting it in her fingers, in her taped fingers, as she learned from the great Muda, rubbing it into the eyes of Bianca as she kicked her in the head and put her out. I think there are a lot of people that probably hated this finish. I actually quite liked it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a little different, um, rubbing the, the mist in her Making eyes. sure it's getting in the eyes. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I liked the decision going with Asuka. I think, um, you could have done this at Mania, like right away. Um, this new version of Asuka, I think for her to lose again, it would, it would hurt her a bit. Um, Bianca losing in kind of a dirty way. You've already teased the Rhea Ripley match with Bianca, whether that's yeah. as far away as Mania or whether it's, you know, Bianca wins uh, Money in the Bank or something like that and challenges Rhea at SummerSlam. Um, I, I think it's probably she's had her run. It's time to move it on to something else. And, and it just opens up the division a bit more. Um, I don't I don't think either of their matches have quite hit in the way I'd like it to. Yeah, something's off with their these two, right? Because Bianca has been miss wrestlemania to me the last few years and i didn't think the mania match quite lived up to it um i'd say maybe similar way i felt about seth and aj it's like wasn't a bad match by any means but i feel both are talented enough where you expect something a bit more special yeah no i i definitely agree i think bianca going to smackdown now right so she's gonna be is she on smackdown now Bianca is on Raw. oh man i don't care it's like what titles the raw bianca's on smackdown with the raw title. So now she doesn't have that title, so. But Asuka's also on SmackDown. What? With the raw title. Okay, so Trish is beating Asuka for the title. <laughs> That's why they I mean, did. It still does, yeah. They got it off Bianca for a reason, so that someone else could get it. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. I wouldn't mind that, actually. And then Becky beats Trish for the title. Becky beat for the raw 
Are they on Title. Raw? They're both on Raw. Fuck, are they? Yeah, I don't know. They're, Welcome to WWE. Can, we, can they just call it the Universal Women's Championship and the WWE Women's Championship? Sure. It would make it a lot easier and get rid of red and blue. Well, we go you to, don't have to worry. There's no worries. Yeah. You can just flip them around. Well, the next match, I was really worried if Natalia was going to take this to Raw. Is she on Raw? <laughs> Natalia? I don't know. I didn't even know this match was going to happen until she's making her entrance. Rhea Ripley beat Natalia in like one minute here. On the, a birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Natty. Uh, as Dominic Mysterio jumps into the arms of Rhea after the match and celebrates. Yep. We didn't need to see a match between these two. This is what it should have been. Just yeah. an absolute... Uh, it was demolition. Pr- it was pretty funny seeing uh, Dominic. I thought Rhea Ripley was wearing uh, Edward Scissorhands cosplay here. It looked like the whole, you the know, the suits they got to wear. Right? One, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else did we have on the show? Oh yeah, the the triple main event, right? So the triple main event was the opening match, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this match, and then the actual main event. But the triple main event: Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. In a singles match. And in 9 minutes, 40 seconds, Brock defeated Cody by TKO? Technical submission knockout? Because an arm hold made a guy pass out from the pain is the finish of this match. I actually really love this match. Yeah, I think this is one of the the best Brock Lesnar matches for a long time. Because it it wasn't worked like your classic, your your second run Brock Lesnar match. I think the, the introduction of the arm made... The, the story of this match is so much more interesting. Um, I I wonder how you tell this in story, because by all means, Cody Rhodes' arm should be just demolished at this point. Well, which should take him out for months and months. I mean, it's just storytelling. I mean, he was the only one who didn't get his arm actually broken from Penta and still kicked out of that arm breaker thing, right? You need to just see him, like, like be like, Cena, my arm is fucked. It's like, I follow me. And then he just comes back the next week with no cast or anything. It's like, I just took that super Cena medicine and I'm right. good. Yeah, or ask Rey Mysterio where he got his knees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't this arm, what's this? This is the Kimura, right? Didn't this arm hold break Triple H's arm, break Shawn sure, Michaels' yeah. arm, but Cody? Nah. His arm's already broken. He's in the, what was he wearing? A titanium. metal? Titanium. Yeah. I was sure that was going to come into it, like just knocking Brock. Yeah, like Dusty his... would do back in the day. Um, but yeah, it was exactly a very dusty thing with Cody in the in the arm. In the arm. But yeah, I I really enjoyed this. I think Cody um, is so over the top. It's wonderful, um, and I think these two have really good chemistry. And I think it's really revitalized Brock. Actually, um, imagine this match as the main event with the title for the title. Yep. Yeah, I think there's you could have totally done this entire card, but with <laughs> Everything properly. Roman yeah. going for the tag title. Without a fake title in the beginning of the yeah. show. Without all that. Um, do you see this being SummerSlam? Yeah. This is, this is, honestly, uh, Cody's just been great, man. Cody, Cody's awesome. Uh, so over in Jeddah, you'd think he was from there as mm. well. The, the, the Saudi nightmare. Um, Cody, Brock, two. So now it's 1-1. One, one. Mm-hmm. Where, where do we go to Brock, Cody, three? Is Does Cody enter Money in the Bank? Brock costs him that. And we're seeing that at SummerSlam, or are we seeing Cody versus Roman at SummerSlam? Like, what do you think makes the most sense right now? Because we're again, we're going to SummerSlam, so we're kind of fantasy booking and super excited about it. And 
Either way, there's yeah. a big. It's a big card. Like, I was thinking Cody could win Money in the Bank and challenge Roman at SummerSlam, but now you've introduced the the next chapter of the bloodline at the end of this show. True. Um, I feel maybe that's a bit soon to go back to this. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, I think you could have. Uh, I mean, Cody could technically maybe. I don't think you'll have him sit out Money in the Bank, but I do think this is the the rubber match at SummerSlam. Maybe with some sort of... Hell in a Cell. Maybe it's a bit soon after Mania, Hell in a Cell. And I know Triple H wanted to keep it like as a special attraction. But with Cody's story being in the Cell last year... Brock's history yeah, with the Cell. It could be something you, you do. Or or an I Quit match because you had Cody didn't quit. He passed out. Passed out. Right. Maybe something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I see this at SummerSlam. Okay, so you're thinking this is the, one of the triple main events of SummerSlam. Yeah, and I, I'd be happy to see it again. Like, sometimes there are rematches, and there was yeah. that, what was it, Mania 29, where it was just rematch Mania, yeah. and it was like, ugh. Whereas I think some of the ones, like a Trish Becky, like a Brock Cody, I'd perfectly be happy to see again. I, I, I do think the third one will be big, so I do think a Hell in a Cell or something like that could make it even even bigger. But this was a, a, a really fun match. And then the actual triple main event, the tag team championship, both titles on the line, the champs, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn going against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa, Sami Zayn getting a God tier reaction and pop here in Jeddah. I mean, obviously with the whole coming out in the traditional garb. Yeah. Uh, look great. Uh, yeah, this was a hell of an entrance. And to think this guy wasn't allowed to wrestle on these shows. Yeah. And we brought it up in the last Saudi show, how there were, chance for sammy yeah and roman's going like he ain't here yeah yeah um so to now having him have the last entrance for this for this match closing the show in the main event yeah coming out uh representing like his faith and ultimately winning it as well is a pretty huge step I mean, he got, he got like almost as a big reaction as Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico, which yeah. I think was louder than CM Punk in Chicago. And then on top of that, you had Paul Heyman do the like whole like, Hey, this, you know, Roman Reigns, yada, yada. And then when they went to introduce Sammy and Kevin, it's Sammy who did his own entrance speaking in Arabic. Habibi. And then got an even crazier reaction when he's speaking. Like, Oh my God, I was loving it, dude. It was um, amazing. I've got a translation. Here. Yeah. What did he say? Um, obviously this translation. So it Wait, might... what does Habibi means love, right? Habibi's love. Yeah. 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 Um, so apparently he said, calm down, calm down, calm down. Pray to the prophet. We're in an Arab country. We have an Arab champion. We're going to do this in Arabic. Introducing the prize fighter, Kevin Owens nice, and nice. Sami Zayn. Wow. Um, awesome. We, we saw him do this in, uh, like Montreal. Yeah. Speaking in the French. Abernac. I think that you don't have that many talent who can, who are as engaging as a Sami Zayn and speak to your language. In different places. This guy was in Canada. Yeah. Awesome. Like, awesome what? entrance. Yeah. Uh, and pretty fun match too, man. And then I, you go, yeah, this should be the main event. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Believe it. Yeah, for sure. So the reaction, the crowd were super into this. This was, this was a great match as well. It reminded me of that WrestleMania match with the Usos. Uh, I have been lower on the bloodline, like storyline, but I'd say by the end of this, it definitely like 
Again, you could have done it without the titles, and mm. maybe it would have meant more. But okay, uh, Roman Reign, res- Roman Reigns wrestling on this day, which was his thousand thousand days as champion. So you understand why they would keep the title because they want to keep. That. Have you seen the graphic with all the other champions? They mentioning Pedro Morales and Bruno Sammartino and Hulk Hogan, but like now Roman Reigns is in that in category. Top five, right? Yeah, Fifth. so that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. So I actually really like this main event as well. Obviously, coming with the big story at the end with the Usos. Did show up, but then Jimmy turning on Roman, kicking him, and then Had Jay's enough. like, what are you doing? Roman kept pie-facing him. And he kicked him again, double-tapped, costing them the, the championship. I liked uh, Jay didn't do anything to Roman, but did leave with Jimmy. And Jimmy was saying, like, I'm your brother. He's not. I'm your brother. Yeah, Which yeah. goes back to when Jay chose to be with oh, Jimmy yeah, over yeah. Sammy because he said... He's my brother, you're not blood. Uh, He's my brother and I stick by my brother. So I think there have been, I think, yeah, a couple of missteps along the way. I feel this is maybe back on track now. And uh, yeah, I I also enjoyed the match. I thought they had the right level of storytelling, like that Roman cinematic style, walking around, talking shit. With the kind of more high octane stuff from Sammy and Kevin. Um Solo as well. We've got to sing his credit to just... One of the biggest rises. Wow. Like, this guy, we were talking about less than a year ago in NXT, and now he's he's so firmly in this main event. And he's getting paid. Scene. Um, but also, him taking the fall, so that, like, he cost it for Roman as well as the Usos. So you've got all that story going on. Um, but I also... This gave me confidence because I know after Elimination Chamber, you're like, ah, you, you had your opportunity to do that with Sammy. And will you ever be able to build up that momentum again? This to me said, yeah. And I, I know like as soon as Mania happened and Cody lost, everyone's talking about when is Cody going to challenge and win it? You could still do the Sammy thing at some point with Sammy going over Roman. He, really? Okay. He got the better of him here. Right. Like he beat Solo, like, Solo but beat Roman in the same match. Imagine he pinned Roman. That would have been crazy. Yeah, so I think that's certainly something you could build up. And I, I still think it should either be Sammy or Cody to take Roman's title. Are we going to, like, Jimmy and Roman at, at Money, Money in, in the, the Bank? Bank? Yeah, possibly. And then, what, do you do Jay at SummerSlam? It's possible, yeah. That's two big, like, matches with the Usos being involved. But they are a popular, like, storyline right now right more interesting i got a bigger question is rikishi showing up on smackdown this week because he was tweeting during this show really he he seemed pretty upset he said enough dot 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 and then another tweet the new bloodline time the new the The old the og bloodline uh like rikishi and his boys rikishi and the he's not wrestling no but he's got to get he's got to show up like having back he can give Paul Heyman a stink face, surely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, again, was really positive on this show. I, I thought uh, top to bottom, it, it was really strong. And um, even a well-placed squash match with Rhea and Natty in there. No, I love the show. WWE has been on a run. As someone who doesn't watch Raw and SmackDown, if you just watch the PLEs, you'll think like wrestling's just on fire right now with all these great shows. Whether it was Backlash WrestleMania, like 
these they've been killing it and i really enjoyed the show the wrestling hit for me some of the storytelling really hit for me they got me sucked back in with the bloodline so like everything kind of hit on this i'd say the only thing is puzzling and head scratching is this whole like runner-up championship thing yeah. which the match was fine you gotta but, see yeah. how they book it now really I like guess. in a year's time this i mean think when they brought back the world title the last time round, it was just yeah. bischoff giving it to triple h right and i think by the end of that title's reign it was definitely time to unify it but there was certainly a point where that title was headlining shows and yeah. had felt like the title at one point so they could do it again it is off to a bad start though yeah uh, but overall, really uh, love the show, and it definitely hit. WWE's doing good with these uh, premium live events. They feel premium. We got to do more shows traveling. We got to yeah. go to the markets that don't always get shows or are just hungry and thirsty. Don't go to Corpus Christi or maybe don't go to Vegas mm. as we can go to our next topic of discussion. I do think, I hope this is a wake-up call. To Has to be. Not... Okay, your event is called Double or Nothing. So what? Fully Loaded wasn't always in Vegas, you know. They got casinos other places. There are other casinos. You don't... It's it's a stupid t- name. Just move on from Vegas. Because it's... thing is, this is Memorial Day weekend, which means it's a holiday in the States. And what happens on holidays? Flights double. Hotels double. Or nothing. And, yeah. <laughs> so... You're trying to get people to Vegas on this long weekend where it's going to cost a lot more. Whereas you go to like more of a, dare I say it, Chicago. (laughs) But what I mean is it's so easy to drive into Chicago from so many places. You've already got a hub of wrestling fans there. I don't think Vegas is really known for its, for being a wrestling hub. It's known for people going on holiday to Vegas and to watch wrestling. And I think five years in, People that have gone to these shows, like, I probably don't need to go to Vegas for a fourth year in a row to yeah. see Double or Nothing. And then they give us this card. Absolutely not. Yeah. AW Double or Nothing from Vegas once again. And I mean, going into this has to be the least hype for a pay-per-view in An AEW show yeah, ever. at yeah. least ever. Uh, we mentioned we were going to have a bar party and, and interest dropped significantly and that we just said, now nah, let's just have everybody at our house and watch it. And some of our friends were like, just not interested in, in watching this card. Considering a year ago, we did have watch parties that were, were like bumping and, and people were in, super into it. But, uh, th- th- it felt like a show they needed to get past this show to get onto bigger and better things. Forbidden Door and, and sold out from shows. our point of view, we are more excited about them. Forbidden Door is on our doorstep. And we're going to London for All In. So we are more excited about those shows. But I, I think the I think the wider wrestling world are as well. You've got all this nonsense with CM Punk coming back. So people want to know where he slots in. People want to know what dream matches we're going to get at Forbidden Door. People want to know what is the biggest match you can put in a in a stadium for your biggest show. So unfortunately, this became a... An afterthought, really. Yeah. Uh, I lo- we love AEW. We're, they already have our money. We're going to Forbidden Door. We're going to Dynamite. We're going to All In. But like, and who knows what else? Collisions and so Hamilton. forth and stuff. But like, this one, uh, did not hit for me, uh, really. Uh, one, maybe, maybe my least favorite pay per view. But then I had to look up, I had to be reminded of that other one, All Out from a few years back that I just really did not like as, as well. So. It's up oh there. yeah, okay. That was the one on my birthday, wasn't it? With the um, mimosa. 
most of mayhem a dentist match yeah, yeah that, that one probably bad. still takes the cake but this one uh just didn't quite hit for me but double or nothing we can go give some thoughts throughout this uh we had the opening well first the hardys uh we actually skipped that match uh, yeah. jeff did this spot where people were online are saying like hey jeff needs to give it up but when i watched it it made it seem like he was selling so i wasn't quite well, it was sure his knee was then worked on for yeah the so match. i was like so uh, I, I think he's, yeah. he's been doing that spot for a long time where he he misses the whisper in the wind and slips um, but I, I don't, I did Ethan page get his contract bought by the Hardy. So he's now a Hardy or something. Like Ethan that. Hardy. Yeah. Nice. Just burn his contract. Yeah. Uh, battle Royal for the international championship, orange Cassidy putting on the line. So this was not like a surprise, like entrance. No nope. Royal. So no Goldberg, which <laughs> instantly got my hopes down. Uh, something in this match that did make me laugh. So the, a bunch of guys are fighting outside the ring before, like they get in the ring, which then how the match would start commander who's an awesome luchador, famously does the running the ropes spot. He does it and then get goes into the match, which is like, okay, good thing you did that before because you yeah. wouldn't do that to like eliminate yourself. He goes for it again while he's in the match later on and someone just goes, why are you doing that? And shoves him and he gets eliminated, which made a lot of sense. Uh, the finish came, which I've never seen this in a battle royal, where someone's always hanging on and Cassidy just goes, eh. It was great. He was. They've been fighting on the apron for quite a Him bit. Him and Swerve, yeah. Like teasing back and forth. And then Swerve's holding on. He's cocking his fist for the super, uh, the orange punch. Then just lightly kicks the head. <laughs> it was such a funny finish. Um, the I'm, match itself was like not that great. I'm definitely over AEW Battle Royals. They don't know how to do them properly. But the last like 10 minutes where it kind of just showed me we should have just had Swerve versus Orange Cassidy as the the pay-per-view match because they were great together in the final minutes of it. This just was muddy. You, you've you had this Ricky Starks um, oh, yeah. feud with Bullet Club Gold going on, which then is just being thrown into this battle royal. Um, Ricky later seemed happy because he's like, hey, I came in with one job and was to eliminate those two, and I did. It's like, okay, don't you want championships? Yeah, come on, Ricky. Ricky. Um so I think when you saw the lineup, when you realized, I thought this might go later in the show to kind of break the show up and you might have an angle where, you know, Dustin Rhodes has been taken out. So you're going, oh, we're going to have a surprise. Goldberg. Yeah. There was no surprises <laughs> like that. And therefore, once you saw who was in it, you go, oh, it's, it's kind of got to be orange. I did enjoy orange and swerve at the end. I thought they had a nice, like, little taste of a match they could have. Uh, but... Ultimately, not the way I'd have opened this show. No, especially when you have competition. Yeah. Uh, people flipping channels and being like, ah, you know what? I have the network anyways. Maybe I'll watch this. But yeah, uh, I, I think Swerve and Cassidy will have a one-on-one match probably this week or on TV because Swerve is good and they're sitting on a star. I don't know what's been going on with him and was it Trench or whoever his boys were. Now he's with... He's the mogul the MB- embassy now. Yeah, it's like, man, honestly, just be on your own at this point. Like, you're, you're good, but... Uh, I thought that part of the match was good, but the rest of it I just could not care about. We then went to Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho in an unsanctioned match, meaning it's 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 nullified. It's not going to be on paper that this happened. Mm. But Sabu is the special guest enforcer. Uh, where did Sabu go in this match? The match started with a bunch of just chaos with the Undisputed Era minus Kyle O'Reilly and minus Bobby Fish plus Sabu. I, yeah, this was kind of odd because they, Adam Cole brought him in to be in his corner and then it said that he's an enforcer, which means you should be impartial. And then you start with just the, the JAS and Sabu kind of taking them out Fighting. and then they just disappear. I 
wonder, because when Sabu showed up on Wednesday, um, there was a lot of buzz online about people being like bringing up previous comments from a few years back, from yeah, a few years back, and whether that gave them the decision to maybe scale back his input in this match. It's like we've already announced him, we're not going to pull him, but maybe not have him do as much as we might have thought he was going to do, yeah, because. It was just this pre-show, like little pre-match kind of brawl, and then poof, and then they all disappeared, and it was just a one-on-one. Am I like I was thinking to myself on Thursday? I was like, did I just get extra lit last night, yeah. or did Sabu show up and join the Undisputed yeah, Era yeah. on AEW Dynamite? That's what happened. And then I was like, no, 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 that actually happened. And then Jr. for some reason is on commentary on this pay-per-view. And I'm gotta give him credit where credit is due, because Jr. didn't know what the fuck was going on for mm. this whole show, but he did know what was going on when Sabu was beating up Jericho and his people and going through tables. Jr.'s like, "Hey, isn't that guy like a referee or something? <laughs> why is he? Why is he attacking me?" And yeah. I went, "Good point, Jr." And then we never saw Sabu ever again. Nope. And then Adam Cole beat Jericho up by punches. Yeah, referee stoppage just <laughs> kept on. Uh... He's whacking him with the Keno stick, getting retribution from the attack on Brit. And Brit showed just, up to help too, uh, and, and he there were he was potatoing him as well. You oh saw, yeah, his like, eye was bleeding. Yeah, uh, I really didn't like this match. Yeah, um, as much as I enjoyed that Roderick Strong Jericho match from a a couple of weeks ago, I question whether it was a good idea to do because it set such a high bar for this match, and I thought this was really boring. Yeah, it didn't hit. Um, I, 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 Jericho, one of my all-time favorites. He's been, he had a great year last year, but, uh, the, I don't know. I love Cole as well, but, and this would be a dream match in a, a lot of times. We've seen Cole, like, especially in his NXT run, do a lot of unsanctioned kind yeah. of matches. He had the Texas death match with Adam Cole. Like, I would with say, like, Kyle O'Reilly or someone, I would yeah. say it's kind of, um, sorry, uh, with, um, Adam Page. Right. I mean. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, he's one of the kind of people who you'd put in these hardcore matches. And Jericho is very versatile where he can work kind of any match. This is just dull. The The feud has been boring. Um, They're using chains and chairs. I just wasn't into it. And I love both these I don't guys. know if part of it, it is like there's only so much we can do because we've got the anarchy in the then arena why book it later. Like, yeah. Um, but I, I actually really didn't like this at all. And then like, yeah, as funny as it was, like Sabu is here for reasons. He was in it for 20 seconds. So all that hype on yeah. Wednesday for no reason. It's just like, what? It felt long as well, I thought. It um, wasn't, though. It wasn't 17. very... It's oh, a yeah, that's amount long. of time. Yeah, that's long. Um, I, I feel I say this a lot, but I would like to see Jericho take, like, a month off. Or so. I'm sure he's going to be on Forbidden Door and all in and whatever, but I feel just... He feels the most overexposed he's ever felt to me. At the moment. Yeah, but then he'll come back and then you'll go, ah, he needs to take a break. Again, like he just needs to no, go away for a but break. That, like, yeah. I, I'm not saying he should go away yeah. forever, but I think it would help him to, you know, even if it's just uh, like a month and you come back the week before Forbidden Door just to hype up whatever you're doing in that. Yeah, I, I didn't get into this match and I was, wasn't really sure about the whole Sabu stuff. It just felt really cheap and trying to get a yeah. reaction to pop for whatever reason. I mean, at least Tony Khan's dad was a fan of Sabu showing up, apparently. He went, oh, I know that guy, Sabu, because he took yeah. him to ECW oh, yeah, all yeah, those yeah. years ago. Uh, but you know what? Seeing a, a glimpse of Sabu, it, it, it only wet my whistle and makes me want to go back and rewatch some Sabu. So that is why we've decided 
over on our Patreon this week, this weekend, we will be having a best match ever, Sabu. Oh, yeah. So please let us know your favorite Sabu matches to check out as we will be recording this Friday afternoon. Uh, we'd love your feedback for this one. Anything Sabu, homicidal, genocidal. Yeah, I'm looking down the list of certain matches, and they all sound quite ridiculous and fun. So I, th- I think this should be a really fun show to do. Sabu, yes. Please let us know your favorite Sabu matches, moments, memories. We'll talk all about it this week over on the Poison Rana Patreon. So thank you, Sabu, for influencing us to do this podcast. You may have disappeared from the show, but you're not disappearing from our Patreon. And you know what? Wednesday I was laughing. I was like, is he wearing his VIP lanyard? And mm. then he was wearing it again on the, the pay-per-view. But then you told me that it's not. Apparently it's like his, his ex who passed yeah. away a couple of years ago. And he keeps it on he him all the time. So you know what? Bless Sabu. Yeah. yeah. And he's always pointing up to the Sheik. Yeah. So he's just always there for people sometimes. <laughs> so we'll look at the wrestler Sabu. Yeah. Maybe not so much of his uh, personal affairs. For sure. You know what I mean? cool but yeah sabu best match ever coming out later this week but back to double or nothing we what else did we have on this show we had a tag team title match ftr taking on jeff jarrett and jay lethal with sanjay karen jarrett for reasons imagine paying karen jarrett money to be like hey you're gonna help boost pay-per-view sales Mm. that was definitely not the case i this match didn't hit for me as as well as i thought it was i'm a big fan of jarrett and lethal coming in but I think there was a misstep with FTR and the acclaimed and the guns there. I think the titles should have went to these guys and then have FTR win them here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I didn't really care about this match as much as I thought I would. So FTR retain in an okay TV style match. Yeah, you you had the the finish was what um, Briscoe slapped Jarrett uh, into the big rig so, or the shadow machine they're calling it again now um, for the win. Yeah, I'm the same. It didn't quite hit. Um, I didn't think they got those great uh, near falls we've seen Jarrett and Lethal have quite a few times in these matches where you go, are they going to win the tag titles here? Right. I didn't think you got that. Um, I've really enjoyed the uh, the comedy of this unit. For some reason, it's just worked. These guys with Satnam Singh. And Especially since done. the farm. Yeah, it's they've been really entertaining. But I think uh, we say the same thing about kind of Omega, like... We kind of want you to start doing serious stuff again now. I feel the same with FTR. Yeah. It's, I'm hoping, I think Wembley should be FTR versus the Young Bucks. You're now on the on the Forbidden Door cycle, so you're going to have a, a New Japan team take on what FTR. What team? I don't, I have no idea. Not Aussie Open. No. Um, but I think for Wembley, it should be FTR versus the Bucks for these titles. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, why not? Who other, what other teams are in that position to do that? The mm. Hardy Boys? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there isn't another team. So that would be the match to do it at. Uh, yeah. What else was there? Wardlow defeating Christian Cage in a ladder match. That uh, There were some really cool spots in this match, to be fair. Uh, one of them was Arn Anderson clear as day eating a blood pack in his mouth that he had a hard time struggling to pop as he was biting and chewing on a dinosaur's fingers. Yep. And then there was just so much blood in his mouth for reasons. And uh, Wardlow doing his best Jeff Hardy impersonation by hitting a huge swanton off a huge ladder onto Christian through some ladders, which was nutso, uh, and then eventually winning and 
beating Christian. Yeah, I I think this up to this point was the best match on the card. Um, it's uh, I think we saw a bit more from Wardlow than we have done. It was it wasn't just relying on you know the powerbomb symphony. We got to see him do some other stuff. I think Christian's been such a fantastic uh, heel, um, like in his well since he turned really in AEW. Uh, so I enjoyed this. It wasn't, I'd say, like one of the top matches of the, of the weekend, but certainly, like including the pre-show, five matches into the card, this was one I finally went, okay, now we're kind of cooking something. Yeah. Uh, and Wardlow with the TNT title, like I think it would have been more interesting if Christian won, but now Christian's uh, looking at the, the AEW roster, like, okay, who else's dad is dead? Yeah. Uh, who can I feud with right now? So I, I, I love Christian, and I thought this was actually pretty good. Uh, who's the next challenger for Wardlow? Because it kind of, you thought, like I was thinking, maybe this is to like then build to Luchasaurus, but after this match, I didn't really get that impression. Yeah. Uh, Goldberg? I mean, you probably do the Luchasaurus singles match on TV like this week yeah. or something, but yeah, Goldberg come in and beat Wardlow. Shawnad's done. Yeah. Uh, we had the singles match for the Women's World Championship, sort of. Jamie Hayter, the champion, defending against Tony Storm. It would be, uh, like, a lot better to maybe, if you didn't, I don't know. Okay, so what happens is Jamie doesn't make her entrance and then is dragged out by the outcasts who had beaten her up. Mm. So she's injured but still wants to wrestle. And then Tony Storm takes advantage and in, like, three minutes pins her and becomes champion. This, okay, I understand what you're doing this because Jamie is not cleared, but... Tony Khan telling us in like what media calls this week being like, Oh yeah, she's not clear to wrestle still advertising this match. When WWE does that, I really don't like it. So I guess this was the easy way around you got the it. Match. Yeah. Like you got the match. Like I really enjoyed their match at full gear. And I thought that we were going to get a step up to it in return. I think we'll just get this match a few months from now, possibly at Wembley when Jamie is healed up. I found this all a bit odd. Like I didn't, I didn't mind that. The angle, I, I think... You need to do having, something if she's not... Yeah, if she is injured, I, I didn't right? mind the yeah. angle. Um, we don't know how injured Jamie Hayter is. What I found interesting is clearly clearly she's injured, but she's okay enough to do... She did physicality. Here. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like she was just dragged into the ring and pinned. Like, she had a bit of back and forth. Um, and I just think about, you know, one of Punk's recent rants was... He wasn't cleared for that match against Mox. So they did this same thing where, and he said after that, I shouldn't have been talked into that. I should be doing no physicality if I'm not cleared. And it seems like that's what they've done here. Um, I imagine they booked this thinking and hoping Jamie would be cleared and they'd have a proper match because I would wonder, I would think if you were going to do like something like this, you'd put the title on Soraya, right? And then you have... Jamie healthy by the time it's um, all in for Jamie to beat Soraya in in London. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of a bit weird now that it's on Tony. But Tony's been on a, on Tony's a run. Been, Tony's yeah, been great. Tony's Don't been get good. me wrong. Yeah, but she's yeah. not the, like, Soraya is the leader of that faction. Yeah. And especially building to, like, a UK match, you'd assume it would be her uh, and Jamie. Although I'd way prefer to see Tony and Jamie at Wembley. Me too. Or, uh, so it's going to be interesting seeing where we go with this women's title over the next uh, couple of months. I do see a bit of flip-flopping to get pieces in the right position. 
Yeah, absolutely. I hope Jamie comes back. I mean, Jamie, we were hoping we would get Jamie versus Mercedes at Forbidden mm. Door in Toronto. I don't think we're getting either of them on that You've got show. to think, though, if they did this level of physicality, it can't be too long she's out. I hope so. Yeah. I would like to see the rematch properly, though, because yep. I really love their full gear one. Uh, we go to, what else? The House of Black taking on the acclaimed in an open house rules six man. Uh, some funny stuff was the acclaimed, uh, Max Caster's rap battle talking to dissing the House of Black, uh, mentioning that they're getting away with blackface or how you call yourself the House of Black when you got no black guys yep. in it. And then talking about how, uh, Buddy Matthews, uh, was it something about how you're getting Cucked by Dominic by, Mysterio. By a kid. A kid <laughs> Which now Rhea Ripley has tweeted, hey, at Dominic Mysterio, looks like we're over in both companies <laughs> here tonight. Which got a huge reaction. I think the reaction messed up Max Caster because he had to like reset for a second because mm. he didn't expect such la- all the laughs from that. Uh, the House of Black beat the acclaimed and daddy ass in a trios match. The best part of this match was when Billy Gunn gets the hot tag towards the end. Rex House power slams the one and only famouser only to get kicked in the head. But he's like, what? He was yelling like, fuck you, and then gets kicked and pinned. But man, Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn has a great hot tag. Wasn't it like the last pay-per-view where we're like, yo, should Billy Gunn just be world champion? I think so. I still say that. (laughs) Did Max Caster wrestle in this match? I don't I don't remember him being I remember it all being Anthony Bowens being beaten down and then getting that hot tag to Billy. I don't remember Max really being in the ring at all. Um, yeah, I, this, this was getting two big acts on the show. Um, but, and everyone, everyone loves the acclaimed. Everyone, uh, loves the rap and stuff. The match itself wasn't at the level of other trios matches we've seen in AEW. And I kind of think the house rules thing, they've had what, three of these now. I really don't think that they've kind of. Uh, used to full effect how interesting that dealer's choice rule could be. Yeah. Because the first dealer's choice was Julia Hart is banned from ringside. Okay. Second dealer's choice was trios tag rules, as in you don't need to tag. Okay, that was kind of cool. It was with the luchas. And then this one is, we ain't doing a dealer's choice. We're just wrestling I, I feel match. like you should have the next one. Someone should really establish something a little... A battle rap. A little so. wackier, a little bit more outside the box. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely not at the level of previous trios we've seen. Yeah, for sure. But Billy Gunn, man, mm. it's a beast. Uh, Jade Cargill taking on Taya Valkyrie for the TBS championship. Um, <laughs> I mean, you had Taya come out with some like what, like cheerleaders or dancers or something. But then we had Jade come out with Big Boss Vet. And did you know, did you know, Davey, that pretty girls walk like this? Of course I do. Pretty girls walk yeah. like this. Jay joining in on the dance as well. With yeah, them. the TikTok dancing mm. champion. Uh, I knew it was all over for Jade when she started doing the TikTok dance in her entrance. And she kind of messed it up and then got back on track. She beat Taya in under nine minutes in a pretty lackluster match. I didn't really care for I'd it. I'd say it was slightly better than their previous one. But um, for a veteran... I really don't think Ty Valkyrie is very good. I think she's quite sloppy. And whereas Jade Cargill is still very green, she has so much star presence and quality about her that I think it's forgiven. It is, it is Goldberg in the 90s, right. you know? Um, but 
I don't think these two work well together at all. Um, and I didn't buy Tyre as a, as a really credible challenger. After the match, they're talking shit and saying, you know, anyone, anywhere, anytime, any place will take on any challengers. Well, someone heard that and answered the call. A returning Chris Statlander is beaming down from her home planet or returning to her home planet as she's here looking yoked. Mm-hmm. She was a monster here. Comes out. A ref says, hey, you said any time. So they ring the bell. Actually, the, a little funny thing is she she comes out and she, she the, like cleans Jade's clock here. Beating her with the, what, the, the combustible, the dude buster, essentially yep. the bastard driver and pins Jade Cargill after 60 con- continuous victories. There is for the first time ever a new TBS champion, Chris Statlander. Yeah, good. Uh, there weren't many surprises on this show. I think this was a, a nice one. Uh, she's a fan favorite, Chris Statlander by all accounts. This was meant to happen a long time ago, but the, the injury obviously delayed it. Um, and uh, Fightful reporting that Jade is likely taking a bit of time off after this, which is probably not a bad idea, you know, and then have a have a return debut in a few months, feeling hot again. You've forgotten about this loss and maybe going for the other championship if we have a, like a, a baby face as the, or come, yeah. Or coming back as a baby face to challenge a Tony Storm yeah. or whoever. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a, a good move and and kind of gave this show a bit of a boost it needed. Just some wrestling fans like surprises and returns and title changes. So and she's a homegrown, was, yeah, she's yeah. a homegrown talent. For the people who were there who do follow, like you could tell there was a reaction that they were happy. That she, I'm a big fan of her. I was like, hey, I wonder if she's coming back soon and was kind of happy to see her. Uh, never forget you got a cameo for me for my birthday a few years ago yeah. from from Chris Statlander. And she's dropped the alien stuff but still has the little hints yeah. of it, which is proper for a character. And I hope she stays healthy this time. Yeah. She's had two, two pretty bad injuries bad luck. since being with AEW. But yeah, pretty girls walk like this mm. and aliens exist. But yeah, Chris Statlander back. Then we go to our double main event. The first being MJF. Defeating Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Was anyone surprised that MJF retained the championship? No, but I, I thought this was a excellent four-way. Um, Sammy Guevara kicking things off being like, Hey guys, I promise you, I'm really honestly a babyface this time. Uh, Ty's pregnant. Please, <laughs> fucking cheer me, guys. Yeah. I'm having a baby. I'm going to be a dad. I'm a baby face. Do you see any JAS stuff on my gear? None. No, I'm a daddy now. Yeah. So cheer me. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this match was uh, really fun. Sammy, Sammy Guevara comes out and he has new music, yeah. which, which got, which I'm like, come on, you can't get rid of Darth Vader, Sammy Guevara voice, but whatever. He uses the cue cards to announce the pregnancy. The cue cards used to be yeah. his thing. So like definitely trying there. It got yeah. a reaction, but uh, I think, then you got Darby with his Quentin Tarantino, Elvis Presley, Dead Las Elvis Vegas. Thing, yeah. That was weird. And then Jungle Boy just Baltimore comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the match, as you'd expect from these four, still no doubt that anyone but MJF was going to win it. The devil. I loved the sequence. And we've seen this in a lot of, um, a lot of MJF's matches with uh, Darby and Jungle Boy in particular. Whenever they have a singles, you have these great, pinning combination counters but this one doing it as the the four 
Yeah. Just rolling up each other up and yeah, different. Pretty crazy. Getting the snare trap in into the, the Last Supper. Uh, I thought that because no one's kicked out of the Last Supper. And I loved how he, Darby applied it sort of, it was like, oh, everyone's out of the ring. I've got, it's like when you're playing 2K. Oh, yeah. the ring's clear. I, I'm going to go for my pin right now to see if I can pick it up and kind of desperately applies it. So doesn't apply it fully and allowing, I think it was MJF to kick out. I thought that was a great spot. Um, and then the four-way submission was really fun. Uh, there was a spot where like Darby finally gets the best of MJF and hits him with all his moves, hits him with the coffin drop and hits him with the side headlock takeover and jungle boys, the one to stop him from becoming champion. Yeah. Like that's a little ripple that they'll go into. I'm sure with the singles match, uh, and then finally, the finish being MJF putting the title on Jungle Boy as he hits the coffin drop on him, and then the side lock, head, side headlock takeover, getting the win. That's eventually like if if it's say a Darby Allen taking the title from MJF down the line, you know exactly what the finish has to be at this yeah. point. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. such a a cool thing they've introduced, um, and you don't need to pay it off right away. But when you eventually pay off that. Derby win over AG- MJF, maybe for a title, that's how it's got to be. If this was a one-on-one, you could have believed Darby was taking it from him. I just don't think there was any belief that any of the other guys were going to. Again, get the destination of the actual match was awesome. These guys went almost like 30 minutes, and they were killing each other, doing some really incredible stuff and very impressive stuff, proving like, hey, these guys are showing like they're the future of, of wrestling. But it's still like, could have this just been a huge TV main event and everyone would have been buzzing about it. Instead, it's like, it felt like a lackluster build. Well, right? I think maybe you're saving the, the Derby singles for further down the line. I don't know whether, like, cause people, people seem to want that kind of sting MJF retirement match. Sure. And if you're, if you're looking, you've got the pay-per-view the week after, you need to kind of be able to tell two stories at once with it making sense. And I think, you know, Darby being the challenger at All Out, and it's he's either going to challenge his best friend or his biggest enemy right. for the title at okay. All Out. Fair. I think that would be a good story that you could have Sting, MJF at All In, and then Darby challenges the winner at All Book Out. Book it, TK. So I, I think maybe, and that's why going to this four-way at this point. And also I feel maybe they want to do this four-way before people leave, people get injured whatever and they can't it's do it. great that they finally did it and yeah. the match delivered don't get me wrong it was awesome it was it was definitely worth it um just the build to it was just a bit not there but you knew the match would deliver and it totally did mjf is leagues above the other three but just just in a in a great run reminding me oh yeah you know what you are on top of the game here you are mm. the best going in my opinion just every little thing to even his media scrum afterwards kind of doing more punk type shit like calling out Nick Khan and I, Ste- I hadn't you know. seen any of the scrum. Any yeah. anything worth? Yeah, I mean, he brings up Triple H, Nick Khan, and Tony's reaction. Tony, I think there was a worked bit where Tony's now actually reacting, like, "What are you saying? Stop saying right. this kind of stuff." Very punkish, which makes me believe maybe he's coming back to feud mm-hmm. with MJF. I don't know. You could have had him come out after this, but uh, really great four way match. We knew it would deliver. The Devil. I forgot to mention his entrance was was pretty epic too, and then just Jungle Boys. But then the real main event: the Anarchy in the Arena. Two, featuring the Elite taking on the Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite getting their big entrance, uh, singing Wayward Son together, Kenny and Hanger back together as a unit. Singing 
looking at each yeah. other's eyes and singing, singing away. Everything's just good again with these two back together. But then the bullet, sorry, the Blackpool guys come out with a, a band. Was it Violent Idols? They said it was. Mm. And we had blackface brought up earlier in the show. <laughs> yeah, but, our but. second blackface of the evening, possibly. It was like okay, it was a it was a mask he was wearing and some makeup. But guys, just just someone have a said, look hey, and think: is this the best idea? I like I I understand that maybe they. I'm you know I'm hoping that this was not out of like malice intent. Like they're just like oh we're we're a punk metal band. That like art, you know, if you search these guys, they are like somewhat famous. They they tour and stuff like that. They're all wearing black. I understand, you know, rockers wearing mm. all black. The face paint, they're like, oh, I'll just do that. It's like, okay, well, like you really should just maybe take a look at how you're yeah. dressing. But I would hope that it's just the way they, I don't know. But yeah. these guys are out and they're singing Wild Thing, which makes the entrance for the Blackpool Combat Club. And you could instantly right away knew where this was going. They're just going to play this song for 10, 15 minutes until the Young Bucks super kicked them. And wouldn't you know it, that's what happened. I love Taz. I loved going, it. He's got, got stamina. Pretty good. Yeah. Band's pretty good. I love Don Callis, for whatever reason, came down to commentary after the entrances, like, you know, slithered in. And they're, Tony, Tony is now on commentary. And he's like, what are you doing here? Get out of here. You shouldn't be here. He's like, oh, no, no, I should be here. I, have, I should make sure I'm here. She knew there was some shenanigans coming. But he goes, oh, I like this band. They do the good music. They do a good music. Uh, <laughs> he didn't know what to say. The, the song definitely just adds to the chaotic nature of this match. And obviously, they did this last year just with the track. And now it's an actual band playing it. I, I wonder next year... Like, I don't think there's that many songs that could do hit, it, yeah. but I also don't think you'd be able to do this a third time in a right. row. Like, yeah. you've done it live. Like, what? what is the next step with it? Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, they'll just have to get some other other song to play, I guess. <laughs> get Joan Jett and yeah. whoever else on that original song, that one. Uh, this was crazy. This definitely delivered to, uh, this was my favorite match of the show. The anarchy in the arena was just as crazy as last year. I love the band doing the music. It's so different, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it just stands out with the music playing, with all these guys doing different things. I'd say uh, a lot of stuff was missed due to, like, production errors or, or camera cuts, which it's got to be so hard to do. It's frantic. Like, I feel like you missed a lot of big spots. I'm pretty sure Matt Jackson did a moonsault off, like, the concession stand that we just did not see at all. I think I think some of that adds to the chaotic nature of it yeah. where it's like holy shit we're trying to catch everything but there were definite times where they'd cut away like moxie is about to suplex yeah. omega on the barbed wire and it's let's cut to the to wheeler you to taking his shirt off and you're it's like guys go yeah. back go back and then and it, and then it cuts it back he's already so fell. hard because yeah. you've got 10 things going on at once um but it Last year, they managed to catch everything a lot better than this, I thought. One of the best was uh, Cesaro. Claudio's got Matt Jackson, I think, in like the pavilion area near the con concourse. And he's doing the big swing and swinging him into the garbage cans and stuff. While it's picture in picture with Moxley stabbing Kenny in the face with, with a fork. fork. That was a great spot. I think more picture in picture would <laughs> yeah. have helped. I, I think I said this last year. I'd love it with this one. Like You used to get on DVDs like you know, different cuts, cuts where you yeah. can see from different camera angles. This would be a great thing. If you were releasing, I know DVDs aren't a thing anymore, but say on HBO Max, if that's where yeah. everything's landing. Max. Be like, <laughs> uh, 
all right, I'm going to watch this whole match from Claudio's point of view. Right. I'm going to watch this whole match from Kenny and Mox going at it. Actually, it's something I brought up before. AEW does not do what WWE does, and I think they should. And that's go back and touch up your events. Mm. They don't do that. I've rewatched stuff, and you still see the guy blading. You still see them talking to each other. WWE is really good at cleaning stuff up. If someone botches in commentary, WWE usually Mm. fixes it. And of course, there's certain things you wouldn't want to, you would leave in and leave out and whatever. But AEW does not go back. I've never bought an AEW DVD to see if they have touched it up. But like, when you buy these pay per views on Fight or whatever, you you have the ability to rewatch it as many times as you want, and they never touch it up. Yeah, I mean, maybe because it is on fight and it's pay-per-view, it's like, that's how it is. That's how it is. But then if you have it on a streaming platform, maybe that's something that they do go through their archives and just tweak things. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be possibly a case on Max where certain songs they had in the first year of AEW, they might not be able to use anymore that they'd have to dub or whatever. Fair enough. So maybe if that's the way things are going. Uh, But this match was chaotic. It was nuts. I mean, you had Matt Jackson get... Pile drive, pile driven into a truck. Uh, missed opportunity was him coming back to the arena in the truck. Yeah. Uh, but instead he shows up, he's limping. We're not sure what's happening. And then he super kicks John Moxley with an exploding super kick. Came out of nowhere. It, well, it came out of the truck. I'm yeah, guessing. I guess he found he, it. He woke up in this, the back of this Put truck, his found food some on. big, like, batteries and things and strapped it's it to a, his jordan yeah this this is a super kick that uh anyone in that new air movie would be proud of this I, jordan super kick we're gonna see this so much now on indies i feel this yeah. spot but i think the fact that you weren't expecting it and suddenly moxie's face explodes it's like, <laughs> what yeah i loved it i'm it sorry was great selfishly loved it i think it was supposed to do it Again and again, but he just started super kicking everyone. But only the first one was the exploding one, which then Cesaro gets pissed and Danielson beat him up and they take his shoe off, his sock off. And then they put his, his bare foot into thumbtacks. Oh my God. I was like gagging at the sight of this. I could not imagine like stepping on a Lego hurts, but stepping full on into tacks. Do you see the pictures after? Oh my God. Disgusting. I was screaming at my TV, uh, just as much as I was screaming when they were using the forks. Using this and that. Uh, I also was screaming when Kenny and Hangman finally had their hook up spot where they're fighting everyone, just the two of them. I was loving that. It felt like a Western. And then finally, the reveal of Don Callis getting involved, only to have a masked man revealing himself as Konosuke Takeshita, mm. turning on Kenny, aligning himself with the Blackpool Combat Club and Don Callis. My heart could not take it. But yeah. The uh, the combat club win again. So the, Mox is just undefeated in this anarchy in the arena. His match that he created. So yeah, I I really enjoyed this. This was probably my match of the night. I think I preferred last year's more than this. I think there were some. Maybe it was production or something. It was felt a little sloppier than last year's. Yeah. Um. I uh. There were some really fun spots though. However, with yeah the thumbtacks the. Uh, the exploding boot, uh, the swinging in the concourse was fun. Um, and I'm pleased they've gone this route with Takeshita. Um, so I imagine now we're building up to, to blood and guts. Um, and the elite need a, a fifth person. And we're also in forbidden door season. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we get to see Kodorobushi singing Wayward Sons looking in <laughs> Kenny and Hangman's eyes. 
Yeah, we need the Golden Elite reunion here. Uh, after the show ended, Kenny did get on the microphone after being turned on and okay. said, "Okay, Takeshita, you wanna you wanna turn on me? You wanna fight me? We have some other friends. We have some more to even up the odds." And Kota Bushi has been talking some shit about Takeshita too, being like, "Yo, you're a rip off of me, coming from DDT, trying to make it in the states." Yeah, we'll see. So you know what? I think this would have been a great time to introduce. Kota Ibushi, but well, I think I think you you build anticipation. You've got the surprise of Takeshita yeah. turning. I think, um, yeah, you could do that as soon as Wednesday or um, when do you? I'm trying to look at the kind of schedule uh, for AEW. I would imagine this match is before Forbidden Door. Um, so where do you do it? I mean, Forbidden Door is literally in a month. It's yeah. June 25th. So, I mean, would you do Kenny Takeshita at Forbidden Door? Yeah, you could do. Or would you do Kenny? Because there wasn't mention, too much mention of like the Osprey stuff, which we would have left mm-hmm. to believe that we're, we were getting that at Forbidden Door. But uh, I don't know. You've got June 14th at the Capital One Arena in Washington, which is where AEW had their very first and Dynamite. Dan- and Danielson's... Danielson's right. there, yeah. Um, I would I would lose my mind if we're getting Danielson Kota Ibushi at Forbidden Door, because that's just a match I a dream match I've not. So that's something you for. could do. Like you then have um you then have the next week's dynamite plus remember collision that you can finalize some of the cards. So I'd be looking at that June fourteenth as probably where Blood and Guts is gonna be, and then the week after you can set up the singles matches, whether that be Kenny and Takeshita, Danielson and Ibushi or something like that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Overall, this pay-per-view did not hit for me. It was really a two-match show that felt like I got my money's worth of paying for the pay-per-view. Like, the four-way was awesome, better than a TV match, and the main event way better than a TV match. Everything else felt like dynamite-level stuff. Some of it rampage. Uh, So I I was pretty down on this pay-per-view. But again, the two matches really saved this show for me towards... The end, but as AEW pay per views go, there usually is success. They're usually such a hit that I'm raving about it the next day. But really, it was just these two matches, and I'm like, yeah, those were good. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, could have watched NXT, and then after the main event, flicked across to watch the two main events of this show. Yeah, which uh, for anyone who did that, good on you. Which were excellent, <laughs> like two excellent main events on this show. Um, but yeah, the the undercard was the weakest we've seen for a long, long time for Dynamite. For for AEW rather. Yeah. Um what was your what were your like matches of the whole weekend, do you think? Yeah, uh that's tough. I really enjoyed Cody Brock too from yeah. Night of Champions. I really enjoyed Dijak and Ilya. Ilya, but I also enjoyed Braun and um Mello as well. But I'd have to say best show was maybe NXT. But best match, Anarchy in the Arena. Yeah. I, I, I got it really into it. it the, all the silliness of it, the violence of it. Uh, say what you want, but that was my match of the weekend. I think I'd agree with you. Yeah. Even though there wasn't any stapling of the mouths oh. shut. Oh, yeah, that was Which, that if you were too. watching Under Siege Impact, you would have seen which, was it, Steve? Steve Macklin. Steve yeah. putting MCO, stapling his mouth shut and then him having to remove the staples. That was pretty gnarly. But the Young Bucks got their feet put in thumbtacks and mm. exploding things. So that was also cool. Uh, yeah. What, what about you? Because I, I think Anarchy was my favorite match this weekend. I think Anarchy was probably... Anarchy and the four-way, I'd say. Were, I think Anarchy, there's more doubt of who was going to win. Um, so Mike 
tip it to that. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed the tag match from uh, from Night of Champions. I actually really enjoyed Trish and Becky from Night of Champions. Yeah, me as too. Well. Um, and then, but I I think as a consistent show, NXT probably had the best show of the weekend. Yeah, I think so like too. Up to I, I, as much as I, I I did enjoy Night of Champions and just the crowd, the crowds were felt more alive in those two shows. Double or nothing. You're seeing reports like it was bare, it, they didn't sell a lot of tickets. Mm. You saw the hard cam side; it was empty the whole show. Yeah. And people were taking. You could tell they did not want to shoot the other way. They purposely said, "Don't go that way. We yeah. need to shoot this way because it was full." But you saw they were giving out tickets at the Knights game the night before. They're giving out people who bought hamburgers were getting free tickets. Like. That's sad, mm. but don't act like other wrestling companies don't do that because they do a lot For of sure. times. But this is a total wake-up call, TK. You can't just keep going in the same places. Also, they uh, not just the deals they were doing on tickets, but the deals they were doing on pay-per-view. Fight, Yesterday yeah. on Fight, we got um, the four remaining pay-per-views of the year for 75 bucks. Yeah. Uh, which normally they're about 30 bucks per show. So you're saving quite a bit there. Um, and so you, they've never introduced that before. Um, so you got to think the pay-per-view sales for this one had to probably be, low, had to be weak pre-sales as well. at least. Yeah. Be really interested to see the numbers come out. Cause I, I think it's going to be one of their lowest. I think it will be their lowest. And they're going into probably two of their highest coming up. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. Uh, overall, I still enjoyed all the wrestling this weekend, but was down on double or nothing until those final two matches. Night of champions was good. NXT battleground was good. I'm excited for the summer of all the wrestling from all the different companies, all the different matches that we're going to get this summer. We have a lot of shows that we're attending. Obviously we're going to forbidden door. We're also going to all in and we're going to SummerSlam. We're going to all some of the biggest shows this summer. So we are, are truly, truly hyped. And for any of our listeners in any of those areas, if you are in Detroit for SummerSlam weekend, let us know. We're probably going to do a pre hangout before SummerSlam on that Saturday. Wembley. All in. We will be across the pond. We will be planning. Follow this space in the next coming months or so. We will be announcing some stuff there. If you're planning on going to All In, we will be linking up with you people. And of course, the forbidden... You po- people. You people. You monsters. You poison pals. You friends. Obviously, June 25th, the real party. The forbidden poor. Real sports. Upstairs in Toronto. Before the show. Before Forbidden Door. John Way. We'll be doing a live podcast. You and I will be doing some live games. We'll be prizes. There'll be drinks. There'll be fun stuff. And then afterwards, wrestling karaoke at night. It's going to be an all-out party. And we can't wait to see you fine, fine folks. And anyone who can't make it, you'll be there in spirit. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but this week looks awesome as well. We will be back on this very feed tomorrow. So you can catch us on the podcast feed or on the YouTube, on the Post Wrestling YouTube, uh, talking all about the the fallout from battleground on nxt and then we'll be back on wednesday on this feed as well Whoa. for a very very special show and i've managed to stay spoil free so far okay we'll be joined by post wrestling's john and way to talk all about the finale of succession Yes, the sesh comes to an end mm. as succession comes to an end. Yes, you you avoided spoilers. I still have a few episodes to catch on, but before I'm going to go watch them tonight, uh, before Wednesday. But yes, Davey, Braden, John, Way together, we're like the Roys coming yeah. together. Who will walk out as champion uh, at the end of the show? But yeah, Wednesday. Are we going live for this? 
Uh, I don't think we're going live. Okay, we're we'll not going live. Um, and then we've got Shot in the Dark coming out Thursday. We've got Best Match Ever, Sabu, <laughs> coming out this week. This week is stacked. Yeah, go follow our socials. If you have Instagram, follow at PoisonRanaPod and Twitter at PoisonRanaPod for all the links of all the shows. But we'd love some feedback in for Sabu and all your favorite uh, matches there as well. Uh, become a Patreon, patreon.com slash PoisonRana. It's only five bucks to get a whole month's access of everything that's coming out this month, uh, including... Best match ever, Sabu. We can fill you in on a few other shows we have coming up as well. Next week, Suicide Squad. Yeah. As picked by Rob McDonald, one of our friends who works for Impact Wrestling. Emmy Award winner. Emmy Award winner. Rob McDonald has picked this Emmy Award. No, wait a sec. <laughs> wait a sec. Uh, yeah, we're, he's a huge Batman fan and he's kind of filling in the gaps as we've uh, we've been on our journey talking about every Batman film. And for those who may be getting excited about The Flash, which for some reason has Batman in it, mm. a few Batman, Batman in it, we decided why not continue with a review of The Batman. Mm. Yes, we will be finally reviewing our bats later this month as well. But yeah, uh, patreon.com. Go support the lads. Support the boys. It's only five bucks and you get access to like 500 podcasts there. We do was next. We do retro reviews, movie reviews, all that, that fun, fun stuff. Uh, we even review Tango and Cash. We do. Yeah, lots of fun stuff. But yeah, lots of podcasts. I, myself, Brayden Harrington. You can find me Twitter, Instagram, at the Bray D, And you can find me at Davey Portman. That's it. That's all. Thank you for listening. We cannot do this without you. We love you. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. Ahoy! What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.